Welcome to the Nick and Matt Show. Bringing the player interviews you want to hear and the hot topics you want to discuss. Recording live in studio, here's Nick and Matt. Oh, go ahead and put two up there. There we go. I don't know. There we go. Things changed up for us. <laughs> We're constantly growing and changing in the Nick and Matt show. Mm-hmm. Nick, you're in an Airbnb. You played at the uh, Open at Tallahassee. Mm-hmm. Are you relaxing? Mm-hmm. Is that what's going on? Well, so I just got into Georgia. I actually got in last night, but I sat at a hotel. And then today I went out to WR Jackson, played two rounds. And now I'm just at the Airbnb for the rest of the night hanging out. Okay. Okay. Uh, grade yourself on the Open at Tallahassee. What's your grade? Uh, a, like a, a, B, C, D, E, F, G. C minus. C yeah. minus? Yeah. Okay. No, I did not play great. I uh, my, my backhand fell atrocious. And so off the tee, it was not pretty. And then upshots, upshots were okay. Forehands felt pretty darn good, actually. And putting felt okay. Um, especially circle two putting. I actually did pretty well from circle two from like 35 to 45 feet. I was pretty good. Um, but off the tee with the backhand, it just felt not good at all. And the last round, there was a $25,000 bounty on hole one to ace it. And so I went OB long because I tried to flex an onyx at it, just this like soft little flex. But I ended up hitting the putt for three anyway, so it was all right. It was all right. It was good. It was good. (laughs) Dude, the chat is lit up with the good. It's so funny. (laughs) That's where I live now. Good. I know. That's good. (laughs) That's good. Um, So no Evan in studio. People are probably like, hey, you're not letting Evan talk. So Evan, I had no clue about this. I am so proud of the man. He is engaged to be married, and he's uh, wedding venue shopping right now. Like, that's what's happening. So That's a good excuse to knock him on the neck of Macho. I'll... I'll give him a pass. He's like, Matt, I'm not feeling so well. I'm kind of sick. I'm not, and yeah. I'm like, really? Yeah. He's like, actually, no, I have to do wedding venue shopping. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I'm kidding. It didn't nice. go like that. But um, So we're going to do a live call-in giveaway tonight. So we're literally going to ask a question later. If you have the answer, you call in, and you're the first one to call in and get it correct. You will win a prize. We'll talk about that. We've got Heather nice. Young, Stacey Hass, and Garrett Gerthy lined up for tonight's show. Nick, it's a big show. Looking forward to all the did you get to meet Stacy in person down there? Uh, yeah, briefly. Actually, right after she won it, it was right before my tea time. And so I went up to her and I was like, hey, I'm Nick Carl. What are you doing tomorrow night at 7 p.m.? And she was like, I have no idea. I said, sweet, you're going to be a guest on the Nick and Matt show. And then I was like, you know, only if you want to, though. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, no, that'd be awesome. And so I was like, cool, I'll have Matt get in touch with you because you deal with all the logistics of it. And I was like, sweet, I did my job. Now I'm going to go play disc golf. That was perfect. And it's so funny because yeah. we are both bombarding her at the same time, apparently. Mm-hmm. But you were on the ground. We need to pay you a little more for that on the ground. Like, yeah, you know, you know, right. I got to make money somehow when I come out on the road. <laughs> <laughs> You've always got the Nick and Matt show to fall back on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I just want to say this before we get into any of that talk and all that we're going to talk about tonight, which is spectacular and awesome. I want to take a moment and address a topic of suicide, a topic no one wants to talk about. But unfortunately, if we don't keep talking about it, we're going to have to keep talking about it. It's just something that needs to be. Mental health. Uh, A beloved player by thousands in the Northeast, and even more specifically to where I'm located, where Nick grew up, Central Massachusetts. Team Maple Hill, if the name rings out to you, Maple Hill. A member of this beloved community took his life this past week, and it was a shock to the community disc golf. I've never seen the disc golf community react and feel so 
shocked by a moment like this. Uh, we want to acknowledge that mental health is not something to be taken lightly. And the Nick and Matt show wants to offer our support. And we're going to do that right now, specifically with a moment of silence. And I will say, mental health is hard for people to talk about, specifically if you're the one struggling. So my recommendation and my hope is that we all will start reaching out to people. As Nick says, tell someone you love them. That is proactive. That is proactive. That's saying, I like you. I care about you. I love you. And that's whether or not you think they have an issue. And I'll tell you what, Nick, I made it to an event this weekend, Team Challenge Finals, and the amount of love that was flowing from everybody was just special because people were proactively saying, I like you. <laughs> I yeah. want you here. So, Nick, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it, it came to me as a huge shock. I was talking with a buddy um, the day after everything had happened, and then I saw the Facebook post. He had sent it to me, and I was just kind of blown away by it. Abel had a very infectious personality, infectious smile. You've probably seen him on, you know, Simon's vlog when I think the putting video one that he did came out. Mm. Um, you've seen, you've definitely seen him in pictures at Maple Hill. He's, you know, part of the Eight Holes crew. Uh, he was just an incredible, incredible kid to be around and a great disc golfer as well. And so the news of it, you know, hit heavy in my own heart because it's someone, you know, you grow up playing with. I wasn't super, super close with him, but it's someone who was a part of my community for so long until I moved away from him. Um, so my heart goes out to, you know, his family, his close friends, everyone that knew him. And, um, like I said, at the end of every show, I tell you guys to tell someone you love them and it's not, you know, I say it in a happy way, but it's something where, you know, let someone know you're there for them. I think that's the biggest thing as a guy. I know it's really, really hard to talk about mental anxiety, uh, mental stress and all that. You know, we feel like we should be tough and toughening it out, but I've struggled in my life. Um, my own personal ways in 2016, 2017, you know, I had those kind of thoughts running through my head when I had some own, my own trauma and, um, it's not easy to deal with and please reach out to someone, Matt and I, Ben, Evan, we, we would rather read your message sent to us than read your obituary. So please reach out whenever yeah. you need help. We'll definitely communicate that we care, but in the reality of things, Nick and I are not the professionals that are going to help you the best, but we will offer our care and yeah. we'll recommend you to uh, seek that help, you know, maybe in other places as well. Uh, I will just say, yeah, Abel Virgil was just a great person, um, a shock. He was a great person to my son as well, impact there. Mm -hmm. So we want to give our condolences there as well as our, offer our support to those in need. All right, Nick, it's kind of hard to move from something like that, but let's do it. Yeah. We're going to the Open at Tallahassee, the event you just competed in. Yeah. Uh, you, you graded quick, yourself. Ooh, you turn on that light. You graded yourself with a C minus. Yeah. Um, but there are others who performed a plus. Uh, shout out to Albert Tam. Well, we can't hear Hannah, but yeah. Hannah's face yeah, just popped. Yeah, we can't hear screen. you. We'll hear. Hello, everyone. Oh, there's the voice of Hannah. Hannah. Hannah, yeah. get in the I, chat. Hold it down. I was just... I was trying to get Harrison to come up and sit on the bed for a second or the couch, but he wouldn't do it. Okay. Uh, so I graded myself on a C minus, but the real, real takeaway of it all was Albert Tam Bazooka. Mm. Um, funny enough, I actually played a practice round with him the day before the event started. And that dude can rip a disc. He, he throws <laughs> it a mile. He 
it's funny. He throws very stable stuff, especially in wins. And the way he throws it, it just seems like it doesn't get affected by a headwind compared to someone like me Magic. who doesn't throw with a lot of spin, a lot of throw with a lot of power. And he just he's able to just rip right through it. <laughs> and um, if his putting is on, he's he's filthy. He's such a such a great player. He's got a great backhand, great forehand, great putt uh, when it's on. And so kudos to him. I mean, to go out the hot round the first day and shoot, what was it, like 11 or 12 down? I think he shot two, two hot rounds in back-to-back, first and second round, right? Was it the first and second round hot rounds? I'm the, pretty fir- sure. So the first day was windy. The second day was really windy. And then the third day was not much wind at all, which is the first time that I could say that all year. Um, yeah, he shot 11 down and then round two, seven down, which was the hot seven round. Down, yep. Which was, yeah, seven down in that wind. I shot four strokes better. I shot even that round. And I had a couple little mistakes here and there that I should have capitalized on. But, man, seven down, that's that's phenomenal. So he went 11, um, seven, and two. Um, and Matty O made a big push in the final round to go 10 down and to get within two strokes of Albert, but not enough because Albert had put down such a good finish. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. I mean, to him specifically, but he must have felt some sense of like what Simon used to do and usually mm-hmm. probably still does. Like, hey, I'm representing Europe, like yeah. for all of the Europeans, like here I yeah. am. And I think that mattered to him. Alex Russell taking third, sitting three back from the lead. Good job for Alex. Mm-hmm. You don't, he's a great player, hey, Russell, but you don't yeah. see him much. Yeah. And then that was um, a fun course, too. I'll tell you that. That was okay. a fun, fun course. Okay. Wow. Good to hear. Very enjoyable. Good to hear. I love fun courses. Uh, Gannon Burr. Uh, the one we raved about at the beginning of the year slowly, mm-hmm. but honestly, it's an interesting topic. If you're top 20, again, I'll say this at like almost any event. I don't know if I'd go as far as silver series, but almost any event, if you're in the top 20 now, I'm just like, we need to start recognizing because when you watch the masters yeah. and PGA now, like they're like so happy if someone wins twice in a year, they're like, it's amazing. You, <laughs> yeah. I mean, making the cut in golf is an accomplishment in and of itself, yeah. especially at the big, big events like Tiger Woods making the cut at the masters was huge and he's getting a still a pretty pretty hefty payday people who you know we don't do a cut but people making cash right now at any event where there are great great players in the world at that event Matty O is a top 10 player in the world currently I think on every single ranking system so you still have great players and any one of those players can pop off kind of like the players in the top 10 any one of them could go off and win a silver series event um, I will say I think I know it's right before a major, and so a lot of pros ended up dropping out, but the way this Silver Series felt was how I kind of envisioned Silver Series going into the future of we weren't battling Paul McBeth, Ricky Wysocki, Eagle McMahon, Nate Sexton, Simon Lazard, all those players. We were battling players who, you know, one or two of them are in the top 10, but it's a lot of players who are working that grind every single weekend and week out. They're on the road and they're competing at every single event. Like this one, it really did feel like a Silver Series. They had spotters on every single hole. I just want to give a huge shout out to the TD and the volunteer staff there for a public park and for how much traffic goes through that place. This was easily one of the more more fun courses that I've actually played on the road in general. Um, Nothing against the crew at Belton, but the Belton course to me was just a very, very boring course. And this one was like a nice little spruce of like, man, this is fun. Couple wooded holes, couple open holes. You know, makes me still wish I had about 50 more feet of distance. But uh, for the most part, dude, it, it was fun. It was a great time. Albert slated and, you know, anyone getting top three did awesome. I want to say FBO. Alden Harris, our recent guest, like shout mm-hmm. out to him. It, he take 
Uh, took I think first place. day he went bogey free. I don't know if he went bogey free most like two out of three of the rounds, but the dude really he just doesn't bogey. It's kind <laughs> well, of filthy. Actually. Yeah, actually, that's that is how we talked about him. So he yeah. had one bogey mm-hmm. in round one. You're talking about Alden oh, Harris. Okay. He had none in round two, but he had one in round three. So he bogeyed so, twice at the event. Yeah. So round two, getting no bogeys is very, very impressive because mm. there are holes without a bounds. If you're off the fairway, some of the fairways are not very kind to you. And the way the wind was ripping, um, some of those par threes were pretty far. And some of them, like hole 17, was very wooded. And so if you hit early on that and you have to throw an upshot in 20 mile per hour winds, it's tough to get it within 20 feet. And then if you got a 30 footer, in 20 mile per hour winds doesn't matter excuse me which direction it's yeah. tough so yeah. i mean to yeah that's that's impressive and then finally i'll just say this and just to give them recognition luke humphreys again getting up there tied for mm-hmm. sixth he had a pretty stellar last round right mm-hmm. yep yeah. uh eight down which is pretty good thomas mm-hmm. gilbert uh has been playing under the radar but really good yeah. The la- all this year, really under the radar, but pretty good. And then he's playing smooth. Yeah. Emerson, Keith, and Casey White. That's where I'll cut it off. Uh, actually, I lie. Shout out to our guest tonight, who will be on Garrett Gurthy, actually shooting the yep. hot final round. Garrett Gurthy, eleven down, so tying That's what insane. Albert did in yeah. round one. So good job to them that's pretty excellent. But we would be remiss not to talk about FPO because our guest that's coming on here in about five minutes, Stacy mm-hmm. Hass, taking down her first. I'll call it. I'll let her answer, but her first big win, like at least disc golf pro tour win, at least. Yeah. But she's been in the, she's been in the world of disc golf for a little bit, not too long, but competing at like junior world championships has some world records kind of thing. Um, I think, I think uh, either Statmando or disc golf pro tour. One of the other posted that this was her eighth disc golf pro tour, whether it was elite series or silver series, it was her eighth time going to one and she knocked down a win against a, Against a good field, it wasn't the best field, but you had Kona Panis there. You had Valerie Mandahano there. You had Lisa Fakis, who has done well at Silver Series Jessica events. Weiss, Maria Jessica Oliva. Weiss. Like, yes. Yep, yep. A Holly lot of Finley. players were there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and yeah. a lot of them, after round one or two, were in contempt. I mean, Lisa, I thought Lisa was going to run away with it after round two. And then Stacy just shredded. Yeah, I saw some of the highlights, and I'm not going to lie. I was kind of imp- I was impressed. I was like, okay. Yeah, I was very impressed. And yeah. am I mistaken? We'll have to ask maybe if it's polite to do so. I think she's only 18 years old. So we can talk about that. Um, mm-hmm. Valerie, Jessica Weiss. Oh, Valerie took second. Good to see that she's mm-hmm. still performing. She's not, like, blowing up, and she's not disappearing. Jessica Weiss. Dude, she's, take- in, she's in the top five at, like, every mm-hmm. single event. I think, I think Dynamic posted saying that since she made the switch to Dynamic, she hasn't gotten yes. out of the top five at any event she's played so far and i think that actually kind of goes even before she switched to dynamic but that's filthy in and of itself that's awesome and her alexis and mason ford they all travel travel together and if you guys haven't seen mm-hmm. the wrap on their rv <laughs> it's pretty awesome because half of it is dynamic discs and the other half is disc craft which i thought was was pretty sweet yeah so we're just about to bring in stacy probably another few minutes here um but valerie took second as i mentioned jessica we tied valerie for second at six down uh, that's interesting to see too. Jessica hasn't been really performing at her level. I think maybe this was closer. Uh, Maria Oliva taking fourth because of the tied for second. So there's fourth. Kona taking tied for fourth. Um, so that is another good performance uh, out of Valerie, as I mentioned. But I'm excited yeah. to see a name like Stacy Hass. And I and I'm just gonna leave it at that. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, newcomers to the FPO that I'm calling newcomers. Names that we haven't seen over the past years that are mm-hmm. actually like 
taking some of the spotlight this year. It's really yeah, cool to see. I love it. Really I love cool it. To see. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's do this. Uh, I want to talk about a product that I am absolutely loving. It is called DG Max Wax. And you're hearing the packaging. It's I, I love this little stamp actual packaging. And it comes in like, I'll hold up this other thing. I'm talking about the packaging now. <laughs> this product, DG Max Wax, it gets shipped. It smells wonderful. It is a PDGA legal mini that you can use and it offers grip enhancement. DG Max Wax gives you a grip so consistent that once you try it, you won't want to play without it. And that's pretty true. I actually let some of my friends try it this week. I said, hey, I got that product. You want to try it? They did and they said, where can I buy this? Immediately. Mm -hmm. So if you haven't yet, go check it out. Uh, it effectively eliminates grip variables from different plastics. So meaning if you feel like, oh, I like this grip or that grip better, use this product. I've experienced it. It works on every plastic and it kind of creates a consistency that you don't have across plastics. Um, so that's wonderful. And as we always talk about, I handed this mini over to my friend this week and I said, smell that. He smelled it and he said, oh, that smells good. <laughs> so if you don't believe us, go figure it out. Citradelic, it's a blend of pure essential oils designed to elevate your mood and keep you calm. Focused on the course, Nick and Matt show. Uh, if you use the code Nick and Matt over at DG Max Wax, you'll get 10% off your order. Nick, tell me what you like, what you love about DG Max Wax. Biggest thing I love about it is that it doesn't stick too much to where I feel awkward putting. I definitely still have the confidence that my putter is not going to stick to my hand. And then also I'm going to be using it all week. And I'm actually really excited about it this week down in Georgia because we're supposed to have some great weather, maybe a little humidity mixed in. And so I'm really, really curious to see how it's going to work this week. But I'm super excited. Definitely feel that little extra grip, that little extra spin, working on a little bit more distance in my game. And so I think it, it's going to be awesome for this week down in Georgia. And they named the smaller product that you can also pick up. Same product, just in a different packaging. It's called the Snap Stick. I love that name, Snap Stick. Play on Chapstick, yeah. but it helps you with the snap, the spin rotation. What an awesome product. Again, you can support your local uh, retailers as well. They probably have it in stock. If they don't ask for it, if they do, uh, buy it. Also, go on and review this online. It really helps. Helps support us. Helps support them. It's a product Nick and I believe in. We wouldn't tell you about it if we didn't like it. So that's where we're at with that. Um, what I would like to do at this time is go ahead and introduce to the show for the first time ever the winner of the Open at Tallahassee, uh, Stacy Hass. So welcome to the show, Stacy. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Good. Very We're good. really excited to have you on the show and uh, congratulations on your win. And I just want to say it's not that big of an accomplishment, but you earned 20 times more cash than I have in my 15 year career to date. So <laughs> congratulations on that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, so I asked earlier, I said, how do you pronounce your name? Because I heard in the production, I don't know if you noticed that in the production, they referred to you as Haas. And then uh, the tournament director, the, the person congratulating you with the trophy said Haas. And so Haas is correct, isn't it? Yeah, it's Haas. Okay, awesome. Uh, so with that being said, the Open at Tallahassee, how ironic is that? Your name is in the name of the event. Oh, I think that's awesome. I actually didn't notice that until today, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, that. I actually never noticed that until Matt literally just said yeah. that. I'm like, oh, wow, that's actually... Right. How did you think of that, Matt? <laughs> I, I was typing something, and I'm like, hey, we're having... Sta and I'm like, whoa, like, her name is in the name yeah. of the event. It was just meant to be. Is that how you feel? Mm -hmm. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> okay. Tell us what the road was like to get to this point, and we'll call it your career, 
but let's let me ask a little deeper. Where did disc golf competition start for you? You have a PDGA number, one two four nine six three. So that's fairly recent, um, even though there's close to two hundred thousand now. But where did competition start for you? And uh, what was it like to go from your first competition till now? Um, my first tournament was in 2018, I believe. I didn't have a PDGA number then. So I'd say 2019, I had like two tournaments, I believe. And I was kind of getting into it then. I wasn't like a huge fan of it, but 2020 was my first full year of competing. And that's when I really, really fell in love with the sport and saw that I had potential at it. Mm -hmm. Wow. I was going to say, is this, is this something that you've been thinking over the last few years that you want to do for a living? You know, where did this kind of, all of a sudden you came out and you win a silver series event in what was apparently your eighth start to a DGPT event, which is pretty insane. Last, last year was probably beginning of last year. I was thinking about it and I was like, oh, I'm not sure if I'm quite good enough yet, but then I went to a couple um, disc golf pro tour events last year and i just really fell in love with the environment and the people so yeah mm -hmm. are you where where are you originally from are you local to this course because it kind of seemed like the way you played it you had some kind of course knowledge beforehand or was it this kind of your first week ever playing it yeah this is my first first week ever playing it nice. grew up in georgia but i never really i played every once in a while in georgia but not a whole lot Gotcha. gotcha. Wow. So this was your eighth disc golf pro tour event. What What do you think it was about this event that led to uh, the victory for you? Like, what was the time? Of, why was it the right time now? I, um, I'm not sure. I really liked the course. I felt like that was a course that I could score good on a lot of holes that I could reach to get the birdies. Um, I feel like that was my style of like open and kind of wooded course. So, yeah. Okay. So open and uh, like, you said open, I think, and wooded. Do you prefer woods or open? Like, what's your preference? Um, I like a, I like a good mixture. I don't like super dense woods. Like, if you get off the fairway, you're done for. I don't like those types, but I like, I like Tallahassee. Okay. Yeah. What would you describe as kind of your strongest suit of your game right now? As of now, probably my putting. Putting mm -hmm. is feeling really great right now. So, yeah. Is that something you work on? Do you think you work on putting the most? Like, kind of what's your practice regimen? Um, I don't work on a whole lot of putting. I did before I went on tour, but since on tour, I haven't worked on a whole lot. Mm -hmm. but. Okay. Um, so, word on the street is that you're 18 years old. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So, 18 years old, you were competing in the Junior World Championships just this past July of last year, correct? Yeah. Okay. And I think I saw that you have a PDGA record for the distance competition at that event, and you threw 337 feet. You mentioned putting being a strength of yours, but do you feel like distance is a big part of your success as well? I do, yes. Okay. And have you thrown further than 337 feet, or do you feel like that was your I, furthest? No, that was, that was, I wasn't super proud of that, but I've, reached 400 a couple times 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm glad I asked Nick because you yeah. and I both struck. No, I'm kidding. I'll yeah, speak no, for right. myself. Yeah, no kidding. I'll, I'll, str- like, I'll okay, speak so for maybe myself. Maybe you can teach me how to yeah. do that. <laughs> yeah. We should have um, did a so, version of Judge That Disc Golfer and let the audience guess. That would have yeah. been fantastic. 400 <laughs> feet See, is great. If she said it, I would actually believe her knowing that she just won a Silver Series event. So it, it takes it takes getting that distance, especially at a course like we just played. Right. Um, yeah. For the people who don't know who you are, I'm sure there's a lot of people in our chat who might not have ever heard of you until this past weekend. You know, who are you sponsored by? You know, is there anyone out there supporting you? Where can other people support your tour? I'm sponsored by MVP Discs, Great Lakes Discs, Mitten Bags, and I'm also on Team Eagles Wings. And you can help support me. I have fundraiser discs through Great Lakes Discs that you can go buy off the line. And I also have some of those with me along the road if you want to buy some. And are you in a full tour this year? Kind of what's your what's your schedule like? Trying to hit most of the events. We're not going to really do the West Swing, but going to try to hit the other ones. Mm-hmm. Awesome. What about, yeah, go ahead, Nick. What's kind of like a major goal of yours this year? You just won a Silver Series event, so I'm sure that was probably on the list of things that you wanted to do. But do you have any other major goals that you want to complete this year? You know, get your rating to a certain amount, get a couple more wins. What's your idea of it? Um, definitely some more top five finishes, and I would really like to shoot a thousand rated round. Okay, what's your highest so far? Oh, actually, nine ninety four. Is that what it is? Nine ninety six, I believe. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, can you tell us what are? I could ask you this way: What were your goals for this year? Have you met any of them? And what are your goals for the rest of the year? Um, top five finish. Um, I just, I just got that. Um, and. More goals, just stay consistent. I'd like to get my rating to around 930. would be nice. Okay. And does becoming one of the best players in the world seem like a reality to you? Yeah? No? What do you, how do you feel about that? After this weekend, I would, I would say, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> okay, you hope so. What do you think it's going to take to have a victory over players, and I'll just drop some names, like a Paige Pierce or a Katrina? Uh, what do you think it might take to do that? A lot more consistency and a couple, probably a couple more years of playing out on tour. Yeah. Do you have any tournaments that you're specifically looking forward to? Um, Digo probably, because okay. back in back in my home state, I really enjoyed playing it last year, and I didn't place how I wanted to. So, mm. how, that's a tough course. How did? And you do not have to answer this, but how did Discraft let you slide through their fingers up there in Michigan and you ended up with MVP? <laughs> and maybe it's because MVP is so fantastic. I don't know how you'll answer, but I just found that interesting. That's such a like a hotbed for Discraft. Like, how did you end up with MVP? Right. Um, I knew they're interested in me, so I, I reached out to them, seeing what they had to offer me, and also have some really good friends on MVP. MVP is also a Michigan company, Matt. Oh man, but but disc, you're right, and you're and I don't know how that slipped my mind, but Discraft is a very big hotbed up there. Am I correct, Stacy? Yes, you are correct. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> See, Nick, I'm correct. <laughs> very correct. No, 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 I knew. I, I you yeah, know, no, that's fair. You said- that's fair. Yeah. It's yeah, fair. Yeah. Both of you are yeah. fair. <laughs> I, I said it was okay. Long story yeah. short, MVP plastic, by the way, this is me and I'm not sponsored or getting paid for this at all. I honestly think, besides even the feel of it, which I've never really thrown an MVP disc in my opinion, has to be some of the best looking plastic, at least to me. Like, it's beautiful. The overmold stuff, just, I love the framing of a disc, the bright colors. It's just a wonderful plastic. What's one of your favorite discs that you throw MVP? Or maybe give us your lineup that are like your go-tos for MVP. 
My go-tos, um, I putt with Adams right now. I'm really, I'm really liking those. I like pilots for my upshots. The Crave is a fairway that, that goes pretty far for a speed six. And I'm really liking fission photons for distance drivers. Okay. And cool. before you were sponsored by MVP, did you just have a full mixed bag or were you throwing Discraft or Innova or like, where did you come from? Um, I actually threw, I was on underground, Discraft underground. So I threw most Discraft okay. for my whole disc golf career leading up to last year. Okay. And I saw Wes uh, Shinovar. I saw him, I think, comment on your social post. He's like, like, yeah, let's go. Like, people didn't know who you were, but they're gonna. That's awesome. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Speaking of which, um, how has the reaction been from, I'll say, fans? Did you have a fandom before this? And now are you receiving loads of messages? Or, like, how is that working for you? Yeah, I didn't have many that I knew of before, but after this tournament, a lot of lot of messages, a lot of more followers. So I think that's awesome. Oh, good. That is awesome. And you're 18, and I don't <laughs> want to presume, but like social media is probably more normal for you than it is some, for some of the tenured touring players. So, uh, right. is that something that you look forward to growing your social media platform? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And maybe a brand. Is that something you thought of as well? Like branding, like Stacy Hass, like it's a brand. Yeah, I've I've been thinking about it. Cool. I'm sure MVP must be very proud as well. I mean, they've had a lot of success in the recent years and you getting this. Have they reached out to you? They have, yes. Okay. A cool. Anything beyond <laughs> congratulations in the work? Did they say anything? Um, in the future, maybe some more, but Okay. Nice cool and what's kind of your you know how are you getting around are you driving with a group of friends getting from event to event you know i know you're at a campground currently right now what's kind of are you flying to events what how are you managing the 2022 tour right now i'm touring with my brother dw Hass. dw okay um yep, DW. i'm not sure i'm familiar with him is he is he touring at all is he playing and competing as well or just like chauffeuring you around yeah, he's competing in the events that he can get into. Okay. Do you beat him on the regular, or does he beat you? <laughs> he beats me. <laughs> I've I've beat him a couple times. Nice. But not very often. So yep. it's good practice for you then, right, to go play with him? Yeah, okay. for sure. Now, I'm assuming you're in Georgia right now, so you're playing the Champions Cup. Have you ever been here before to this course? Are you excited to play this event? What do you think about it? Um, I've never been to this course yet. I've heard a lot of good things about it, and I'm really looking forward to it. It's awesome. I'm just going to say that right now. It's easily my top two favorite courses. Awesome. Um, I'm trying to think. We, we always do all these interviews, and I've known everybody, and we've had them on multiple times, many times, but you're brand new, I feel like, to the scene in general. You have a big win. You come on. We're like, we want to know everything. So we've asked a lot of disc golf questions. I am going to see if the chat has anything specifically that they would like to ask, um, ask you, and we, we can pass that along. Sometimes we open up the phone lines, um, but we're not going to do that right now. Um, okay. So let me, let me ask, what do you like to do besides disc golf so before disc golf was a thing like how young were you when you found disc golf um I'd say it was probably introduced to me in 2015 by my family but i didn't like it at first i didn't really ever play it wow i just so, went i just went along because i didn't want to be left home alone <laughs> <laughs> 
So is that like, is my, is my math correct? 18, seven years ago, were you about 11, you feel like, when you were introduced? Somewhere in that range? Probably, yeah. So yeah, I hate, right. I hate to say it this way, because I'm sure you can have a lot of hobbies by 11, but what were some things that you like to do or you still like to do that don't involve disc golf? Um, I enjoy really any sports. I grew up playing sports. Uh, I like competing. What kind? What all sports, or is there a specific one besides? Yeah, I've, um, I played a lot of basketball. I liked basketball a lot. Played some mm-hmm. soccer, tennis. Okay. Basketball, any musical soccer. instruments? Anything like that? What was that? Any musical instruments? Anything I play like the, that? I play the guitar and kind of play the piano. Nice. Very cool. Matt's a guitar player. I'm a piano player, and so kind of okay, nice. yeah, we're we're huge music people, and we just disc golf for fun at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, that, that's awesome. Definitely having hobbies outside of disc golf makes playing and competing and working disc golf kind of that much more enjoyable. It gives you something to do outside of you know the daily grind of it. Yeah. Um, is there anything else? I mean, so you're traveling with your brother right now. I'm sure you're meeting up with friends at different events. Is there something that you guys all like to do together? Go out, you go to Top Golf or anything like that? Um, I've wanted to go to Top Golf. I've been trying Top to talk him going with me, but uh, we like to play spike ball. We play a lot of spike ball and just go around and see the pretty sights around us. Nice. So there's a there's a few questions that have come in. One is, uh, how do you set your expectations after a win like this? Like, I believe that you you rightfully show sh- so should be celebrating soaking it in this is a moment for you but how do you take that and say or what do you say to yourself going into the next event like how are your expectations set up for the next event i'm just gonna try to play consistent like i played last weekend try to keep my expectations not super high so i don't disappoint myself and just try to stay mentally strong yeah i mean you've tasted this victory now no matter what happens you you know it's in you so that's got to be fantastic motivation and confidence uh the other question that came in and this came in from a fan of the show backstage organics and they they love talking about health and eating f- healthy foods they asked if eating healthy is something that's important to you now everybody's definition of healthy is different like mine's different than everybody else but like are, how are you treating yourself when it comes to athleticism and your diet i guess is that something that you've thought about or how are you working towards that um at the moment i'm not doing super good with that it's kind of hard on the road moving around every week but i'm working on it (laughs) there's no judgment here i traveled for a long time (laughs) and you're speaking to someone who knows how absolutely hard it is to drive and eat healthy it's super hard backstage organics though i bet you if you hit up backstage and and i'm not facilitating this as i i have no conversation here but i'm sure they'd love to talk they're supporting a lot of players on tour Uh, another question that came in is have you ever played up in new england have you ever made it up to the new england corner of the country not yet okay not yet not yet so if you do make it up here you've probably you've heard of the green mountain championships you've heard of maple hill uh, are you excited for those courses if you make the playoffs? I'm very excited for those. Do you believe you're going to make been the playoffs? Out in that direction. Um, I, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, for sure. We'll um, all right, Nick, do you have anything else? No, I think okay. I'm good on my side. Uh, she answered, ah, I feel it's like 100 questions. I feel like we were just rapid fire. <laughs> like, what's your favorite color? What's your favorite thing to do? <laughs> right. No, so, we um, did not ask favorite color. How about that, yeah. Stacey? We'll ask that one before we let you go. Um, blue. 
Okay, blue. That's the nice. hardest one we gave her of the yeah. night. We did the background tonight of my 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 set blue just for you. We knew that. We, no, thank you. Thank you. Um, no, is there anything that we missed that you feel like would be relevant or you want to shout out or just say, hey, this would be helpful in supporting me or anything else along those lines? Uh, or did we cover everything? I think you covered everything. Okay. Awesome, well, awesome. We totally appreciated this. Uh, I'm so glad Nick was able to cat, like say hi after you got your win, and I reached yes, out. That was exciting. I, I literally, I literally walked up to her, and it was, it was 100 rude, but I was like, "Hey, congrats!" But <laughs> you want to be on the show tomorrow? By the way, I'm Nick Carl, and uh, <laughs> right. but she, she, she was with Silas Scholl. She was with a couple people that I knew, so it wasn't like super awkward. And just like you know, grab her by the shoulder and be like, "Hey, you're coming on our show tomorrow." So, <laughs> right. but um, no, right away she was like, "Yeah," and I was like. Oh God, that was easy. Matt always talks to me about how it's so hard getting guests, and if, no, I'm just kidding. If we could be on the ground at every event, it wouldn't be so hard. It's like getting people to respond sometimes with the thousands of messages they get after a win can be tough. Yeah. So usually, yeah. and this is why I mentioned it to you, Stacy. When you become super famous, popular, which you're on your way, and I send you a message in Facebook Messenger, you're not going to see it. So we'll have to get your phone number. Right. We'll have to get your phone number in a few years. <laughs> okay all right stacy hey it was great having you on again we'll do it some other time and i look forward to meeting you in person when you do make the playoffs we'll be up here and we'll get to see you in person so we appreciate it thanks for coming on the show yeah thanks so much for having me all right stacy have a good evening have a good one all right everybody stacy Hass, what a fantastic uh personality and only 18 years old and nick yeah uh Rapid fire questions. <laughs> We're bringing them. Well, yeah, throwing up her there name we before we go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, rapid fire. Qu- I mean, like you said, she's a new person. She's a young person out on the road. You know, she, I'm sure she's done interviews before, but I think we kind of thought we were pretty easy going with it. And, you know, I, it's fun to hear players who, you know, we had Alden Harris on a week ago. And he gave us the insight of someone who's been out on the road for a couple of years now. He lives that van life. He's going from campground to campground pretty much. And he kind of gives you that idea of it. We've had Paul Macbeth and Ricky Wysocki on who, you know, they're at Airbnbs, they're at hotels, they're at RVs. They're, you know, they got the van life and they've been doing it for, you know, 10 plus years now. So it is really cool to see someone who has just really gotten her name out on the Pro Tour. She takes down a Silver Series event in very honorable fashion. And is kind of giving us an idea of, you know, not doing the West Coast this year because the West Coast is expensive. It's tough to get out there. Even, you know, even if you're top 10 in FPO, like almost going out to the West Coast isn't even worth it right now. It's just it's insane how expensive things are. And so for her to she'll probably play some local events, maybe get a couple wins under the belt until Deglo, Ledgestone, Ida Wilds, uh, Des Moines, those those competitions come up. So Mm. I think she's playing it right. Yeah. And I mean this in absolutely no negative way, but just an observation, the way she answered her questions, very sweet, very awesome. um, But reminds me so much. I say so much. There's, there's similarities in how um, Haley King started out in the, in the Mm -hmm. world of disc golf, meaning the interviews are very foreign to her. And I can answer Mm -hmm. that question. Yes. You know, or no, um, but yeah. to start elaborating and sharing more, I think it's just going to grow with time for her. But that's mm-hmm. partly where the hundred questions came from. We had to keep bringing them. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you, you get hit with like a oh yeah, it's like 
Oh crap! How do I follow that up with <laughs> not being able to answer? Oh yeah, we loved it. And, uh, I, we loved it, yeah, Stacy. We really did. It was a pre- yeah. it was a, yeah, a privilege awesome. and a pleasure. Uh, if you're still yeah. watching, but um, mm-hmm. so all right, let's do this. There's another uh thing I need to talk about. This last weekend, Nick, our team made it up to Team Challenge Finals, a pool Team Challenge Finals, mm-hmm. for, and I know you've done that in the past. We got mm-hmm. knocked out in the first round. <laughs> and, did you guys play? You uh, played Crane, we, right? We uh, played Crane, yes. Yeah, Crane, Crane's good. Crane's real good. Yes, they are, and I give them the win. But, man, you guys, You guys 50, mopped 50, them in dubs, though. Yeah, You guys 50, played great yeah. in dubs. It was singles. And I don't mean to belabor this point because it's over and it's done, but we're disc golfers. So let me talk about the cut through that happened. <laughs> I was oh, playing Pete. I was playing yeah. Pete. L- much love, Pete. You're an amazing guy. Sharon or Flurry? Sharon. Oh, and okay. he and I were competing. He didn't have a lead. I had a lead on him or tied for 14 holes that like mm-hmm. it was awesome get to this one hole i hit like a 25 30 foot putt the basket was kind of leaning a pure cut through i mean like the worst he's like dude that is a black guy on our sport you know like the whole thing and from that point on i couldn't get that stroke back and then just kept it it yeah. ended up going like two or three and one or whatever and i was like so bothered but whatever mm-hmm. it happens but my point is i played a lot of disc golf this weekend we have a product here uh ben if you don't mind pulling up the awesome little lower third there for our viewers it's called Hempfield botanicals and it comes in i get it to focus here comes in a little container and this is the salve container now the salve container that's the good stuff <laughs> that's the good stuff nick says i love it it's true this is uh this specifically is for targeting um higher concentration of cbd used to target more specific areas of more intense pain so if you have intense pain in any area of your body after disc golf, play that helps you recover. This other product that I'm looking at is um, muscle recovery. This is for your general aches and pains, and it comes in a little pump container. I'll do it live on camera. Let's watch. Very, let's see. Let me see if I can get a really good focus. Do come on. Yeah, there we go. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, there we go. Comes out a nice little dollop like that. And actually, I need this on the other hand to put it on my wrist that I feel like has inflammation in it. And you do this regularly. It's for the general aches and pains and soreness. It is fantastic. It works. It's cool on touch. Smells great. And it makes me feel better. So if we can feel good, we're going to play better. Nick, what's your favorite? You said the, your favorite product was a salve. But like, how, Sam, are you, yeah, how, would you, how are you using it? Well, I'll tell you this. This year, I've been doing an insane amount of driving for disc golf, and I'm going to be putting probably over 30,000 miles on my car or whoever's car that I'm driving. And one of the biggest things that happens when I drive is my kneecaps get very, very sore, but my back feels awful by the end of like a 6 to 8 to 10 to Texas. It was 20-hour drive. Um, And so the second that I get a chance at a gas station or I finally get to whatever Airbnb or hotel I'm staying at, I, you know, take the salve. I take the general stuff the spray that we've gotten in the past. And I put that all over my back just to make sure, try to get those knots out, get the feeling to actually feel normal. And then it, it starts to feel nice. I can lay down without any pain in my lower back, which has been in- incredible, which has been something that has been an issue over the last year. It's already feeling better on my wrist. It's really awesome. I love using it. And the smell right now, I'm like, wow, it smells like minty yeah. fresh. Go to they give us a lot of good smelling products. They do. People realize yeah. that you need to do that. So Hempfieldbotanicals.com, 20% off your order. That's significant. Like, mm-hmm. that's like saving you a disc or two every purchase you would do it. Yeah. Do it. It supports us. It supports them. They're into disc golf. We appreciate their product. All right, Nick, we've lined up our second interview. Really excited about this one. Uh, we have lined up 
none other than Heather Young, everybody. Heather, welcome to the show. How are you doing tonight? Thank you. I'm doing pretty well. You're doing pretty well. We're excited to have you on the Nick and Matt show. I don't, correct me if I'm wrong, have we ever had you live on the Nick and Matt show? I don't think I've ever been live on it. I feel like I've heard things said here and there about me on it, but I've never actually been live on it. Oh boy, gotcha, I hope they're gotcha. positive things, but let's let's talk about this. You made a social media I, post this past week. Can you recommunicate that message for everyone now? Because some people may not have seen that, um, and maybe you, you can just re elaborate for us on that. What was that message this week? Yeah, so basically what I put out was that I'm taking an undetermined amount of time off from disc golf. I'm not going to be on the road. I'm not going to be playing any events. I feel like I've just kind of gotten to a place where I don't really love disc golf anymore, have that fire to compete like I used to. And I'm hopeful that some time off will let that feeling come back. Mm. Okay. Um, so can you elaborate? Like, so you said, you know, maybe the fire was lost for a little bit there, but like, was it purely that? Um, I'm sure you weren't satisfied with your start to this season. So was this decision related to your performance or maybe your performance was related to what was going on with these decisions? Like, how do you see it? Yeah, um, I would say it's, it's all related in one way or another. It's just how each individual person looks at it. Um, I feel like even through late last year, I wasn't necessarily having that same desire to compete like I used to. And then starting off a new season and really struggling compared to how I've played in the past definitely just makes that even harder and makes you feel even less confident. So I would say it's kind of a combination of all of that, but I feel like the biggest thing was if I'm not loving disc golf, then it's kind of pointless because that's what makes you a good competitor is wanting to go out and do your very best. Mm -hmm. So when you don't really want that, it kind of takes away a lot of that competitive edge. Mm. No, definitely. And uh, I just want to say first off, kind of from the Nick and Matt show, we are in 100% support in whatever decisions you're making, especially when it comes to your personal life, your game, and everything like that. We just want to support you out loud and say, look, I think it's incredible that you've made the decision to, you know, not not waste your time doing something that you're not in love with right now. I think for any person in the world, they should be going out and doing what they feel like they'd love to do. And if you're not finding that right now with disc golf and you find it in something else, maybe, then kudos to you. That's super mature on your part to make the decision. Because we all know you're a phenomenal player. We love talking about your putting almost week in and week out on how filthy good you are at putting. And we see it almost every single Pro Tour event. And so just we are super happy for you that you have made this decision in your own kind of like mental health and your own happiness in that words. Do you have anything in mind that you're going to kind of not switch to right away, but do you have anything in mind of like what you're going to be doing with the time that you have free from disc golf now? Um. Yeah, I... I'm honestly kind of feeling like the biggest thing that I want to do while I take time off is sort of 
live more quote normal life like working a normal job like a lot of the things that you don't do when you play disc golf also to kind of see if that gives some of that fire back of disc golf of like oh this is cool that my job can be being on the road and playing Mm -hmm. versus a normal job just more normal life but yeah um I kind of have two different things that I'm planning to be doing. My older sister just bought a house that she's working on to flip. So I'm probably going to be helping her a lot with that, working with her on that. I always enjoy doing that kind of thing. So that's a good chance for me to get to do something with my siblings again while I'm home. Definitely. And then I also may end up working at some point that's a little bit harder just because like if i do go back to disc golf it may only be a couple months but i do intend to do that some too good for you okay yeah you're saying you do intend to play some disc golf is that what you said or no did i miss that no i'm intending to work in some way for some like at least for a while i'm not touching a disc right now like, I feel like I'm not going to really miss disc golf if I keep playing some and doing this. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to touch a disc. I want to really see if I can get that want for the game back. Gotcha. Fantastic. Gotcha. I mean, that answers a question I was going to have. And it was like, hey, are you going to tear up the local scene during this break? Or is this from a break from disc golf altogether? And uh, that answers that question for sure. Um So it seems like, and you've kind of elaborated on this, so you don't need to if you already feel like you answered this, but you left the door open that there is the possibility, and I hate to say it this way, but that you may be done. Like, you may be. You may find that you're kind of open to that idea. Yeah. um, I feel like there's a side of me that really hates admitting that that is a possibility, but I think it is. I... I personally believe that if my heart's not 100% on wanting to play and compete, that it probably really doesn't make sense for me. Because a lot of the things with tour life that are hard or can be frustrating, you don't care when that's what you want. But then they become a lot more annoying and more of a hassle when you're not even sure if that's what you want. So... I feel like it is possible that I could end up stop playing, but I also am trying to have an open mind of all the options and what really is the best and what makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. Mm. Since since coming to this decision and being public about this decision, do you feel like you found a little bit more happiness in your personal life and kind of have felt the, you know... I'm trying to think the positivity from making this decision. Do you feel like you're so far happy with it? I'm definitely happy with the decision I made to take some time off because I feel like through the whole start of the season, I was just kind of stressed out about. I've had the question for quite a while of if I think keep playing is the answer, if I should do something else. And then when I started the season struggling, that just made it even worse. Mm -hmm. So I feel like publicly announcing that I'm taking time off has really helped me 
I'm at peace with that decision. Like, it's letting me have a clear mind to look at all the options and not always be wondering, oh, I wonder what other people are thinking. I wonder this. Like, everybody knows what's happening. Do you feel like you've received the amount of support that you thought you would? Like, I've so the post that you made, I've seen hundreds of comments that I felt like were nothing but love to you. They hate to see you go but they're super happy that you're making this decision for yourself. Do you feel like you were going to receive that kind of happy support or did you feel like there were going to, there was going to be any negative, you know, thoughts behind it? I've actually been really surprised how positive all of the comments have been. I felt like they're pro I personally felt like there wasn't necessarily going to be that much negativity but I just didn't know that anybody was really going to say anything or care. Mm -hmm. So that certainly was a good feeling to see so many comments and get so many messages and texts from people saying, we do care what happens and mm -hmm. we are hoping for the best for you. Definitely. Wow. Um, I will say in my situation as a talk show host, it was a unique situation to tread lightly on wanting to, uh, to offer support in the message that we reached out with, but also a platform if you wanted to, you know, here to sh share your voice with everybody in a different way than just social platform. And I hope you saw it that way. And I think you did. He reached back and said, that sounds great, but it was unique. Cause I wanted to be like, we, we want to know, but like, we also want to respect you. Like we appreciate what you've done, you know? So I hope mm -hmm. that's how it came across to you. That's definitely how it came across. I mean, you very much made it. You support my decision and you hope the best for me. And not you didn't word it in a way of, oh, we want to know. It was like, if you want to share, we'll let you share on the platform that you have. <laughs> I've been married for a while, so I had to learn how to talk to my wife, you know, and say things that I uh, anyways, I'm not I'm kidding. Like I genuinely we were genuinely happy. And I actually feel I'm not going to lie. I feel a little emotional hearing how mature you're being about this and not because of the maturity, but because the opportunity exists that we make changes in life and we move and we, and like, I've been there too. And like, I'm, it probably doesn't matter to you, but I'm proud. <laughs> like I'm proud that you're in the sport of disc golf or that you are, you were whatever it ends up being. And that's fantastic. And like, whatever you do, it's going to be great. I can tell with your personality, you'll be just fine. And you'll look back at this yeah. and say, Hey, that was a great opportunity or a great moment. And maybe you'll be taking down worlds when you feel that again. I don't know. <laughs> I will say, kind of to end it on my side of things, um, your commercial with Prodigy, the one where you're changing everything to purple in their system, still has to be one of my favorite commercials that has been a disc golf commercial because it just fits your personality so well for people who do know you. Um, so anyways, I'll always look at that commercial as long as it airs with a smile on my face. And uh, finally, in, in wrap up, and it, I hope it doesn't come off as negative at all, but like, have you had, what was the response like, or what was the conversation like with Prodigy? Um, what, if you feel like saying anything about that? Prodigy and Flight Factory were both really awesome about it. Like I was messaging both of them before I announced anything publicly. And they were both very much like, take the time you need, we're we want you to feel comfortable with the choices you're making. So take the time you need and they support it. So I was really grateful for that. Mm. That is great to hear for sure. 
And um, maybe you do or you don't know. I mean, like, if I go out and buy a Heather Young disc, is there still, like, compensation that will go your way? Do you know? There still is right now. Nothing's changed with that. So okay. that was really cool on their part, too, because I didn't nice. know with that. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not on the road, so they're not getting as much attention. So that was cool that they're still doing that. Can I suggest this to all of our fans and listeners who are in the hundreds? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Thousands. Uh, uh, we we regularly have, I don't know, Nick, 10,000 or depends on the guest in the show that we have, but 10,000 listeners. Can I recommend that they all go out there and just buy out every possible Heather Young disc? Just make it happen. Show her the support that way. That'd be really fantastic. Um or we could stretch it out. So there's always Heather Young discs out there. I don't know. You can look out <laughs> however you want. But, yeah, exactly. Um, is there anything that we missed talking about, Heather, that you would like to um, wrap up with or say, like, this is this is the platform I offered you. Anything, there's nothing off limits. It's your, it's your floor. I think I've pretty much said everything that I'm thinking. Like, it's honestly now kind of just trying to see what I actually feel in my heart I want to do because I can think through it logically and make decisions, but that's not really the answer that I want. I like, I don't want to say, oh, I'm done with this golf and then regret that a few years later. I want to do what actually is going to be the best choice. Mm-hmm. But no, other than that, I... Thank you so much to all the fans and all the players that reached out to me. It really was amazing how many of them were saying, we'll do anything to help you if you need it. We're happy to talk. Like, it really helped me feel better about announcing something publicly when I got that much positive feedback. Wow. Definitely. Well, we, we wish nothing but, but the best. And, and I have a feeling, and there's actually no expectation or pressure, but I have a feeling we'll have Heather Young on again in the future some way or another. So we appreciate you coming on the show. And anytime you have anything that you want to get out into the air, and you can do it on your social platform, but you're always welcome here as well, Heather. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me tonight. All right. Have Absolutely. a great appreciate evening, Appreciate you Heather. coming on. Yep. All right. Bye. <clears throat> Heather Young, everybody, uh, what an interesting, Nick, interesting, interesting interview like we've never done before. Asking a mm-hmm. player about, like, is it possible you never come back and play on the tour again? Yep. And she said, yes, that is a possibility. So, like, mm-hmm. what do you take away after hearing her kind of break down a little bit further what her social post was about? Like, is it what you thought or is there more to it? What do you think? Yeah, no, that, that's about what I thought with it was... Um... You just said, if you're not happy with what you're doing in life, why are you doing it? Well, you know, we, we all, you know, we all only get to live once. None of us are, you know, superhuman. We're, we're not immortal as the, you know, world has seen. And especially for New England disc golf, we've seen that life is too precious and life is always, always, always too short. And um, so why, why wouldn't you do what you want to do with your life? Like, why wouldn't you do something that you love and something that you can do to support you, support your family. And hopefully everyone in the world gets the opportunity to do what they want to do for life. And um, so I wish her nothing but the best in making that decision um, for, for a lot of people who don't get to experience the tour life. And I don't get to experience it nearly as much as what the top players in the world are experiencing. But man, for the few weeks at a time that I'm out on the road, it, it gets hard by the end of it. You know, you, you miss the people that you love in your hometown or where you live at the moment. 
you know, you miss your significant others, you miss your friends that you're close with, and you rarely get to see them. And so you're, you're always talking on the phone or FaceTime or anything like that. And then if you're not playing well on top of what you're doing, it's, I, I always equate this to this, you know, my girlfriend who I'm dating right now does not really know about disc golf. And so when I explain to her my rounds, you know, she's like, oh, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Kind of. And I'm like, uh, is a quadruple bogey ever a good yeah. thing? No, I'm kidding. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, um, you know, the best thing, I, the, the only way that I can really explain it perfectly is, you know, when I tell her I play bad, I'm like, you know what? It's, it's like having a bad day at work. I had a really bad day at work. I had that one doucher of a customer who just, <laughs> man, they just upset me. That's that one hole that, you know, just blew up my round or something like that. You know, I was playing a local tournament a couple of weeks ago and I had a double bogey in a very, very clutch moment that, you know, I should have won the tournament by three. I only ended up winning by one. And not that that matters at the end of things, but like, had I double bogeyed that, I go to a playoff and lose the playoff. Yeah, that would have been an awful, awful day of work in a sense. And, um, you know, it's great. I, I was talking about this with some friends yesterday before we were warming up on the putting green at Tallahassee. And, you know, we're, we're all super fortunate that we get to take disc golf and actually do it for a living. Um, for me, it beats waking up at four in the morning and driving dynamite. Did I make more consistent money when I did that? Absolutely. But to me, money's not everything in life. As long as I have enough to put a couple bucks away, pay for the place that I'm living at and pay for my bills, put food in my stomach. I love playing disc golf. You know, I've said it before in the past, I'd rather make $30,000 a year playing disc golf than $70,000 a year working a nine to five. You know, that's just, that's just who I am as a person. And so for Heather to actually go out and make that decision of, I'm not happy with what I'm doing. I don't have love for this sport right now. I'm gone. And she's a phenomenal player. She's from what I would assume a top seven to top 10 player in the world right now in the FPO division, she would murder the local scene. If she just, decided to just play local tournaments and um i mean matt i've always said your putting's pretty good but if i if you and heather were going in a one-on-one and putting i'd i'd honestly i'd probably pick her her experience is far 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 uh, and i've been playing 15 years but her experience and just repetition and practice is far beyond mine but nick i can't wait any longer i have to rip into a package of double g craft jerky so that's what i'm doing and this packet of jerky is the flavor of the night, which is garlic lover's dream. And Evan, throw your, I mean, Evan. So now, now I called yeah. Ben Evan. What the heck am I doing? Uh, there. Okay. Here, let me hand the package over to you. Oh. Okay. There is your garlic lover's dream. Nick, you got any more Ooh, of that hot boom sauce? You're going to take any more of that hot boom sauce tonight, Nick? No, exactly. So uh, funny enough, I actually met one of the guys from Double G, Ted, wicked, wicked cool dude. I was super pumped to finally meet him. And he, he walked around, followed me for a couple holes. And he said, yeah, man, it looked like you were struggling with that hot boom sauce. So, you know, I got you a little a little care package to take when you go to Georgia. And he gave me just a bunch of jerky, dude, with teriyaki, garlic lover, original, which is all my favorite flavors. And I was super pumped because today I played two rounds at WR Jackson. And I popped open a bag of garlic lovers and it's literally the perfect disc golf snack mm. for when you're out playing around, eat it with your left hand. So you don't get any of the peppers or anything like that on your throwing <laughs> hand or if you're, you know, a lefty, use your right hand. But so um, Nick, you say, amazing. you say perfect snack for the disc golf course, but I cannot lie. I have eaten this to get me through the work day because I am like. I, I work so much sometimes that I literally don't have a minute to eat lunch and I go, 
ooh, I can crack into my laptop bag where I hide some double G crab jerky. Mm -hmm. And I eat some pieces of that as protein and it actually helps me like get through the day. It does. So when I drove down to Texas, I literally brought every single bag that we got originally when we uh, (laughs) set things up with double G and I literally ate them all on the way down. I didn't stop for legitimate food once the whole way to Texas. And it was super unhealthy. Don't get me wrong. But I just didn't want to stop. I didn't want to waste time. I had 20 hours to go. I had to go. I think but, it's healthier um, than not eating for like, well, yeah. maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you this. One of my big guilty pleasures in life is like late night snacking. Yep. And I'm a huge, huge cereal person. One of my other guilty pleasures is I'll, fo- I'll fill up a bowl of milk and I'll take cinnamon, cinnamon powdered donuts <laughs> and I break okay. them apart and I put them in the glass of or bowl of milk until they get nice and soggy. And then I eat donuts all night actually having double G's craft jerky has literally been the perfect late night snack for me. All right. We've talked about it a lot. Meal. I've been salivating over it. I've had some bites, <laughs> yeah, but it's no hard kidding. to talk and I have eat some right it. out there. Um, yeah. And I just can't say enough good about it. In fact, it's so good. We lined up special guests tonight. Let's bring him in. Garrett Gurthy, everybody. Double G. How double is it going, G. man? Welcome to the Nick and Matt show. What's up, everybody? Been on the road all day. Glad to be done driving about 24 minutes away from Applin Course, so mm-hmm. or WR Jackson. So I'm excited to excited to be on the show for a minute. Sorry, I'm in the truck, but uh, <laughs> no, you're good. This is what happens. This is the road life. This is the tour life. Yes, sir. What we do. And we saw. I could see you. Nick can't see you when you're like sitting in our green room, but I can. And we were pulling out the jerky. He's like, I got to crack into some too. So what flavor <laughs> are you enjoying? Uh, uh, there it is. Smash crack pepper. That's what Smash I had last crack week. Smash crack pepper. Nice. What What is your favorite flavor? Ooh, that's like a this favorite. This is my go-to. The okay. smash, smash yeah. crack pepper all day. Um, second would be probably the Macbeth, and third right now would be the Nate Sexton. Nice, dude. The Macbeth one is so good. For any barbecue lovers out there, the Macbeth uh, one is so freaking good. They're... It literally tastes like you're putting barbecue sauce on it. It's amazing. Are you Absolutely like amazing. most people? Most people have folders with like receipts. I got folders with like all different, sorry, <laughs> all different flavors. In, a, in all right seri- by my seat. Nice. <laughs> That's so fantastic. Let me go into my filing cabinet and pull out the flavor of choice. So, uh, this is kind of a weird question. To ask, not weird, but maybe interesting to ask somebody who's talking about constantly developing the product. Like, are these flavors here to stay, or do they ever get tweaked over time? Is it like no one and done? That's it. Or is it like, hey, I think we could really refine that in over next year's batches or whatever. Like, how does that work for jerky and you? And I'll Basically, let you finish your jerky. To... <laughs> You're chewing yeah. jerky. I'm kind of used to this by now because, like, so many people I've tasted jerky with, <laughs> you just kind of get used to it. But uh, refresh me on the question. I'm so sorry. generally speaking, are do these flavors exist forever from this point on, or do they get tweaked over time? Because you're like, hey, I actually want to get it closer to this. Like, how often does that happen, or will it never happen? Well, I'm great with quality control. Anytime Ted sends me some jerky, I'm always trying it, making sure things are tasting well. Sometimes you can tell you get a batch that's top of the marinade, which happens. First batch on might not be as marinated as another batch, but, you know, that's part of the things that we're trying to get better at. And uh, we basically listen to the people. We don't really change it until we hear, you know, 
we might we might actually come out with a different hot flavor soon. Mm. Just because there's all kinds of different styles of hot. Some people say the hot boom sauce is too hot. Some people say it's too wimpy. So it's like, man, maybe we need to make a little weaker form and maybe we need to make like a stronger one. So mm-hmm. well, we'll see. <laughs> we're we're listening to the people though. And uh we'll see what we can come up with. Okay. So I'm going to prep the audience so they're ready for this when we open the phone lines. But we are going to do a contest giveaway, and it will go to the first person to call in with the correct answer. So when we open the phone lines, they'll see the phone number go up, we'll ask the question, and they can try to answer. Again, first to call in and answer correctly will win. I think we're going to do three bags of jerky. So we'll let them pick their flavors of choice three bags of jerky. So sit tight, get ready with your phones. If you have to pull open a computer browser so that you can phone call in, do that. Or you got to open up your iPad so you can have your phone. Do that because they're going to call in to win this. Um, so, oh, yeah, but I didn't get, there's the phone number, but I didn't give the question yet. So you pull, pull yeah, that back. Yeah, don't call down. yet. Pull that, well, they can call, but they won't have an answer. <laughs> so what? They'll just say something <laughs> random. Yeah. So Garrett, you came off of... Uh, hot round in fact the fire hot round of round three at the open at tallahassee how good does that feel and then what's your self-evaluation of the 2022 season so far okay uh well the last round i finally put a put a solid round together Uh, i had a lot of family there to watch and uh, my business partners and eric friedman um his woman, Mallory, uh, my friend Chuck. I had a, you know, a bunch of hometown love that was there cheering me on and rooting me on. And that last round, I just felt the love around me. It was like a nice little aura going on. And um, Ted captured some videos of me catching some putts from 100% from circle one. That's solid for me. I felt good about my round. I had one bogey, but besides that, my golf has been a little weak and uh, something that I need to work on a little bit more and uh, trying to get those practice rounds in between traveling and trying to rest up. I'm sure Nick can tell you it's kind of hard to get that happy medium between rest and he went out and played two rounds today, but you know, at some point he's not gonna wanna play a round mm-hmm. before the tournament at some point, maybe, <laughs> I don't know. But oh, no, between definitely. all the golf, I think I'm at six tournaments in a row minus the food poisoning tournament to open at Belton, but uh, I think we're going all the way up to eight tournaments in a row, week to week to week. So, you know, it, it's hard to get that rest in. I've been using a freeze sleeve for my arm to give me some nice rest and relaxation to help be stronger for the next day. So, my uh, my arm's been getting a little bit stronger and not so bad while out there playing. So. Mm. Um, my evaluation so far is just, uh, you know, I could be doing better like the previous seasons. I got a lot going on and, you know, like Nick said, you have one bad tournament, you think about family you're missing back home, you know, you got all this stuff going on. So, uh, you know, it could be stressful, but we, we try to get through it just like anything and we try to do better and the better we do at it, maybe the better golf we play. So it was nice seeing the family. I got a little uh, refuel from that and got to go home and visit the family, got to meet my new nephew, Archer. Mm -hmm. So that was exciting and um, gave me a little uh, 
inspiration and a little motivation. So my brother Evan and Sabrina, they're doing good. They had a little bit of problems in the beginning of his life, but uh, he's strong. He's pulled through and things are well. Nice. So That's is it possible that awesome you feel like the, um, you're saying things could be better, but we're also seeing the field, the strength of field getting so much stronger all the time. That is it possible that you're actually playing or do you feel like you're not playing your, your potential or do you feel like you're playing well? It's just the field is that much better nowadays. Well, with if ratings are super accurate, depending on how people take them, uh, I averaged 1,026 this weekend with shooting a plus one. Um, so I don't know really how I feel about that, but I'm, I'm uh, rated at 1,030. So being four points off my mark, you can kind of tell that the competition's getting a little bit stiffer. I've been hovering around, hovering around that rating for a while now. So um, there is some next level golf going on right now. And, you know, I'm just happy to be a part of the change. I've been in it since I've been getting butt whoopings from Johnny McCray and Ken <laughs> Climo. And, you know, seriously, it's kind of been a blessing that I've gotten to be a part of the disc golf history to see, you know, not many people know that the champ drove me home from uh, the 2005 World Championships. And, you know, spending time with him, you know, is, you know, not, you know, it's not many people get to do it. Mm -hmm. So yeah. representing Team Innova right here and Ken Climo has always been an inspiration to me. So, you know, it's really cool getting to do these experiences out here. Yeah. So uh, mm. we always take that in. No, that's awesome. It's funny. I've I've been around the disc golf scene a little while now, and you know I've made a lot of friends through it. Garrett's, the Pauls, you know all these people. Ken Climo is one of the few people who I've actually never had like a legitimate conversation to where I've introduced myself. And uh, like I've talked with Barry Schultz, I've talked with Ron Converse, um, you know all these all these people who used to play back in the day, really. And uh, Ken Climo, I've you know. Sat kind of like stood in a circle around him. He was saying something to someone and Paul was there and we were just kind of like casually talking, but I've never been like, Hey man, it's Nick Carl. Pleasure to finally actually meet you. So ho hopefully one day, mm. you know, it'd be nice to say hi to the champ. All right. But, um, Definitely one of those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I saw on your social media, Garrett, a sweet modification, I think it's to your trailer that allows for you to store the RT 340. And I know that because you recommended this smoker to me. Is that the RT340? Did I get that correct? That is. It okay. is a little chop modified, but it fits in our trailer. And uh, we built a little box around it. My friend Jim Inman with Chase Nace's Disc Golf Apparel. Uh, he also helped build out my trailer. So we built a box inside the trailer to uh, keep the smoke out of our clothes way when mm. we keep our clothes inside our trailer. So wow. therefore it's on tracks on a bearing where we just pull it out and it's, it's electric. So you plug it in, we got our solar panel. We're good to go. Wow. So what's your favorite thing to smoke on the regular? I mean, there's so many things, but what's your favorite, like your go-to when you're on the road like that? I would say pork tenderloin okay. or mm. smoked pork chops. They're like my go-to, um, you know, the pork tenderloin, it's shareable. We cut it in slices. We usually have friends over. So, you know, you can either cut it thin, thick, depending on how many people's there. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, 
eat it, eat it as a snack, kind of while you're watching some sports or some disc golf or some Nick and Matt. Oh yeah. So you know, you never know. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, I'm like salivating now for some good food. The day that Nick and Matt show, the day that Nick and Matt shows up above yeah. him while he's smoking, that's the day we've arrived. Yeah. So hey, nice hat by the way. I feel like you know we must have coordinated yeah. the show, but it's a wonderful hat. It's actually. Yeah. In all seriousness, it's my favorite hat to wear nowadays. It, it is. It's my go-to. So, good job. Dude, it fits you well. It looks good. And, mm-hmm. yeah, Ted just re-upped me on, like, <laughs> one fresh hat per tournament on the yeah. way out. So. Nice. Nice. I was going to say, I got mine in the back of the Jeep. I haven't even unpacked any myself yet, but mine's still on the back of the Jeep right now. So, he, he hooked me up with another hat. I was super, super thankful for that. So, you do yeah, everything. nice exit from Florida. Mm-hmm. he hooked oh, me up God, with jerky yeah. hats and minis and sunglasses oh, dude, so. he, yeah he's the man I, I was so stoked to finally meet him he had texted me and said hey man hopefully we get to meet and i said oh yeah absolutely he comes up to me he's like man you look like a million bucks right now and i was just like that's, a, that's <laughs> the nicest thing someone said to me in like so long and i uh, do put a smile on my face he was hanging around watched a couple holes and uh dude it was awesome wicked wicked cool dude so he's the coolest he yeah. really is and by the way uh ted wicked cool is a new england phrase meaning very awesome <laughs> very cool <laughs> so um i want to say like you guys offer player packs which have the minis the koozies the double g buttons which is pretty or the pins i should say p-i-n right i always have to say because I, I don't say things the right way and then you have this cup <laughs> but you also got this cooler bag the cooler cooler bag because it has double g on it and um um, I you do the the players packs which are fantastic because everybody wants jerky instead of like a, a disc nowadays like I'd rather jerky I can eat it mid round during the tournament that's cool a hat oh by the way a hat's in there that we're talking about you guys have the flavors of jerky it's is it seven or eight flavors I forget now what are where are we at seven okay so seven seven, seven flavors oh well now that I just mentioned eight I mean is there any chance I, Someone mentioned to me that vegan jerky is a thing, and my mind blew up. Is that anything that Double G has ever considered? Double G has considered this. Okay. And we kind of want to reach out to the people and, you know, get a response from the people. We're going to make a post soon and see how the vegans respond to it and uh, see if this is an achievable achievable goal because we want to provide not only for the meat lovers, but for the vegans as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a couple people in mind, uh, I won't say right offhand, but uh, representing Double G Craft Jerky on the vegan side. Ooh, but nice. um, that that could be in the making, but we're still trying to iron things out. And wow. See what the people think about a mushroom jerky. Oh, there it is. And, Ooh, uh, very you know, cool. It, it would be a gluten-free vegan option that uh, vegans should really like well very cool i was just like feeling it out and i'm like is that a thing and here it is and you mentioned mushrooms now here's the thing like mushrooms growing up were not my favorite thing but my palate and my age has increased my like i guess preferences and offerings and i'm like i think i would like to try that so if you ever go down that road and you need a tester I am not vegan, but man, I do not discriminate either (laughs) against good flavored food. So if that is something you do, in fact, I'll put that out to the chat right now. Is that something you would try? Is that something you'd be interested in? Let us know in the chat. We'll pass it along to Double G. Yes, please do. We'd love to know. Um, We'd like to make this a reality if if this is possible. So it's kind of up to you guys to see, see where we're at and see if this is something we should do. We'd like to provide it for you. So 
um, right in the chat, right below, wherever it yeah. is mm -hmm. on the Nick and Matt show. Let them know. They'll pass on the word. Don't forget to get your jerky with their code either. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. that's pretty awesome. It lets them know that they're supporting or we're supporting you. They're supporting us. It's mutual. It's all around. It's pretty fantastic. Yeah. We have a poll running in the chat right now, Garrett. And 85% of those who have answered, which I don't know what the number is, but 85% have said yes. Also, some of the great comments right. already coming out. I'm all <laughs> I'm all on mushrooms. Okay. <laughs> love me some mushrooms. <laughs> I wouldn't mind trying some mushroom jerky. I honestly love jerky and I love mushrooms. So uh anyways, so there, there are some positive comments coming. We'll take a look at that as we go forward. Um, we're just about ready love to it. open up the phone lines. We're getting closer. Um, can you elaborate on this? This is something else that I found interesting. And I don't know how I hear these things, but I keep my hands in all corners of disc golf. I found out recently that you're not seeing directly any of the cash from Double G. Now, I know you have charities, so I know some of it goes to uh, your foundation, which we can talk about more. Some of it goes to Paul's foundation, uh, Macbeth. Yep. And, but you're not, like, seeing this cash just, like, filling your pockets, like, when someone buys it. What's happening there? Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, well, you know, during this uh, uh, COVID season, me and my partners met up and thought that, what if not saying it would ever happen what if you got hurt what if you know what if something happened where you couldn't play disc golf we need to set you up with something good so um you know i'm doing well enough in disc golf so far right now with my sponsors and uh with my play to make make earnings so i've been putting this to my retirement funds so to have something whenever i'm done with disc golf i can finally retire and have have a nice chunk of change to to go live life, start some property with some disc golf course on it, maybe some cabins one day to have a you know a bed and disc golf course. Mm -hmm. uh, that that would be the ultimate dream. So that's kind of what the retirement funds for, and um, I appreciate each and every one that's helping me get to my goals, and um, I just kind of be happier right now in life and uh, i appreciate every single one of you Thank wow you. wow that's 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 just super awesome to hear and it's it's super great that you found something that is kind of like not even necessarily disc golf related and you've made it such a key thing in disc golf with the double g craft jerky and then the children's foundation partnering with paul Macbeth and his foundation and you've just created this super super awesome thing that literally almost every single time i go to a disc golf course now especially at pro tour events someone's talking double g craft jerky someone's eating double g craft jerky i could literally go to almost any player and be like yo you got some beef turkey real quick i need a slice or you know a little piece of it and it's just awesome of, it's super super cool to to see that man one of my ultimate goals is to be the official snack of disc golf so i'm still working on that goal uh doing what, whatever we got to do to do that and uh hopefully us opening up the door to the vegans we can achieve that nice well nice. and just to elaborate or, or to break that down a little bit more have you thought about what what would it take for you to feel like you're the official snack of disc golf because like i feel like to me and this is just matt graham speaking to me that's my official snack of disc golf i mean <laughs> i appreciate very much the love that we receive from double g um, people all the time like hey you got any of that in your bag and i'm like yeah love for everybody but like yeah. what would be some of the goals that you would reach where you might feel that way will you ever feel like you've reached it that level 
Uh, yeah, I think there's a couple things up my sleeve, but I can't let them out yet. Oh, so man, we're, we're still nice. trying. We're we're still trying to accomplish them. So, um, you know, <laughs> how about? How about if we give you a little theme music here, uh, Ben? Hit the theme music. Let's see if that works. <laughs> go ahead. Come on. See it on there? There we go. Oh, man. Oh. It put me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll tell you this. You're the official snack of the Nick and Matt show. Yes, you are. And you there will always go. be the official snack of the Nick and Matt show. It's, it's been, Love you guys. It's been incredible. Uh, so funny. Yeah. That's funny. We're just putting you on the spot. We like to put a little pressure <laughs> on it, but no, we don't expect anything here. Yeah. Um, before we get to the giveaway, which is coming up, the three packets of uh, jerky of their choice, their selection choice, um, I want to ask one more question because you talked about earlier in this interview, like, you know, things can get tough. This happens. You might think about home, people you miss. You talk about the, the grind. And we just had on before you Heather Young, who has experienced all different feelings. And she hasn't been around disc golf as long as you, but she's experiencing her own feelings, making choices for herself. There was a period of time where you took a break from disc golf. I can remember it clearly. I've been playing 15 years. Somewhere in there, you took a break. Can you tell us what that break was about and then maybe what it was that brought you back? Because I feel like that's relevant, seeing as what Heather just talked about. Yeah, you know, taking uh, taking breaks from having, uh, you know, say a mental breakdown in your golf game or things aren't going as well as you think, it's really nice to kind of hit the reset button. And, you know, in our off season, I struggle with it to, to this day between bouncing around from Jessica Weiss's hometown to my hometown. When we get in town, everyone wants to play, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's never really a break until we say, hey, you know what, guys, we're not playing. So, uh, you know, I got burnt out a little bit. I ain't gonna lie, the road was stressful. Back in the day, it was a little bit harder to grind and make it for a living. But uh, I also had a son whenever I took my little hiatus and uh, uh, that kind of held me back from playing the sport a little bit. Things didn't work out between me and the, the ex, but uh, you know, moving forward, um, when the Disc Golf Pro Tour came to Jacksonville as the Disc Golf Pro Tour event, um, as the Disc Golf Pro Tour finale, excuse mm -hmm. me, at New World Sports Complex, uh, I seen all the cameras out there and it gave me that mm. spark and, uh, you know, I had no clue that any of this video coverage was going on because I was just so tied up with work and going home, helping out with Brantley and, uh, you know, going on about normal day life like everyone else does these days, you know. So mm -hmm. I get the work grind. I, you know, anytime I've ever worked outside of disc golf, I've always had two jobs. So I've always been a hard worker. Um, us being on the road full time is definitely a toll, but you know, just like Nick said, it beats sitting the nine to five and you know, it, this is a, a way people are successful in life and make a living. Whereas, uh, you know, I've had some people back home, you know, not believe in disc golf where, um, I'm not that I have to prove anything, but it's proven that you can be successful playing disc golf and, um, you know, I approved I them wrong. Mm -hmm. mm. Good on you. Good on yeah. you. Yeah. And fantastic. Thank you for sharing that with us. I mean, I, I don't know if I ever heard, you know, what was going on or the grind you were doing at home. But, like, I noticed you were missing. <laughs> and I'm just one of the fans. 
And when you came back, it was really exciting. And so it's still exciting. I think that's a perspective I'd like to offer and you didn't ask for it, but it's exciting for us to see all these different personalities out there on tour, regardless of winning or not. And I will say this out loud. You, if you were missing from tour right now, that is a massive hole. And there's also a, a handful of other players or, or probably a lot where I'd say the same exact thing. They might not even be placing top 20, 30, 40, but if they weren't there, the tour would miss them. So we just got to figure out the sports growing. How can we support them out there to do what they're doing? Right. Yeah. When a when I see the fans out there, I still throw the big shots for them. Yes. Whenever they show up, they want the big shots. I respond, even if it takes me going OB. You know, <laughs> that, that's what they're there to see. They yeah. don't want to see Bryson DeChambeau lay up on the par four over the water. They want to see him go for it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we got to give them the show. That's exactly. a little bit of the Simon Lazat in you too. I mean, maybe the Garrett Gerthy and Simon Lazat show. Like you guys have a similarity there uh, for sure. So. Mm-hmm. Do it for the yeah, fans. Do it uh, for the love. Also, I want to give a quick shout out to seeing my buddy David Wiggins uh, come back to the scene. Yeah, and uh, he got a little respark too when he's seen all the the cameras out there, the cool looking gadgets and stuff like that. We walked around a little bit. Me and him go way back and traveled a little bit back in my early touring days. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, every event we'd get out and play catch with a putter or a catch frisbee. Um, but honestly, it was really cool to see David back. And it was really cool to hear that uh, he got this new spark for coming back to the disc golf scene. And, you know, we're here to pump him up and cheer him on, too, because we've missed him. And it'll be glad to see him on the tour. Oh, absolutely. People haven't got to see the cannon that he has. Yeah. He's very impressive. Wow. That that dude bombs. Is he is yeah. he the world record holder right now? Still, was he was he the? Oh yeah, yeah. that rec- that record's not being touched for a while. I was there. I witnessed it. It looked like a grain of salt coming out of the sky. Just <laughs> yeah, insane. When it fell, insane. I it would love to insane. see. I would love to see, and I've heard yep. Simon say this as well. We've talked about it different times on the show previously. I do believe there are airplane hangars large enough for a distance competition, meaning no wind involved, flat level playing field. But I don't know if they're accessible to us, but that would be where I'd be like, I'd put Garrett up against the top three ever. Like you, you're in it, man. You're in it. I know you are. I've seen some of those throws. Um, And, and you, are you using the halo Wraith now? Is that, or is it a different disc? What's your furthest flying disc right now? Uh, Besides my halo Wraith, uh, I use that for my more controlled distance drives. Uh, I'm using my Infinite Emperor. And nice. uh, I'm seeing a lot of the Infinite sponsored players use the same ones as well. So uh, um, I gave a couple to Calvin a while back just to test out and throw. He's like, man, these things go far. So <laughs> yeah, uh, there's some of my favorite. I use a little bit lighter ones, like the 168 to 171s. I get a little bit more glide out of them. So, with excuse me, uh, a little bit more glide, I get a little bit more flight out of them. So, I really do enjoy them. Um, uh, right now, I just popped in a Calvin Halo Destroyer, too, to test one of those out. And, man, do those things fly. I got a black one with pink center, and it's a, it's a missile. So, nice. don't, don't miss out your Halo Race or your Halo Destroyers. 
or really Halo nice. Polecats? No, <laughs> how about the Halo yeah, Halo yeah. Sonics? Yeah, I mean, yeah. can we get any of yeah. these others? The Sonic has been something really awesome to see happen with you. I mean, that disc was, I don't want to say a no-name because we've known about it for a long time, but you've really made it something special. When I see a Sonic selling for, you know, hundred-plus dollars, you know something special with it. Um, and you're using it on the regular, too. Like, it's a disc that you use on the regular. Why did you ever fall in love with the Sonic? Well, I got three brothers and a sister, so it was pretty ideal that when we'd go to the beach, we'd bring some kind of hybrid that we can use that has a little bit of weight, but still has a little bit of glide that we can have fun on the beach with. Mm -hmm. So uh, it wasn't your light ultimate Frisbee or your ultra star. Mm -hmm. So it was like a hybrid where if, if it hit us, it was pretty forgiving and it wasn't that hard, but it was a pretty... Uh, pretty useful in the wind to throw our 300 foot shots to each other while playing catch nice. so having a lot of brothers helped inspire the sonic to fall in love in my bag mm. so uh i give that props to my family for uh, really <laughs> playing catch with me over the years and that that was just the main disc we did it with mm -hmm. so i gotta nice. thank the family I feel like with the conversation of Sonic at hand right now, there's a special place in my heart for the Sonic. So my son, my firstborn son, one of his first tournaments, he threw an ace. I think it was like 140, 150 feet, but it was with a Sonic. It was a DX Sonic. This was before they were really popular by you. And we said, this is amazing. Great disc for a beginner, a kid to learn how to throw. Then um, I was like, I'm going to start throwing Sonics. They are now in my bag. I have two double g sonics in my bag right now star sonics i love them and then one other thing i don't know if you would remember this and i'm only holding this as an example but this was we the first uh -huh. release the first release of your dx sonics the double g dx sonics probably two years ago is that correct two or three three years ago yep um i want to say three years ago okay i ordered them as soon as they came out because i was in love with the sonic already and then they were releasing a new release of sonics and i said i need that I ordered a handful of them. <laughs> you walked off of MVP open, uh, probably was MVP, maybe Vibram at the time, but you walked off hole 18. I said, I just got these in the mail. Can you autograph and number these for me? And I have, you said, this is the first one I've seen, Matt. I'm gonna write number one on this. And so I have an autograph from you with number one on a DX Sonic still in my house. So I don't know what I'll do with it, but I've got it and it's nice. sitting there looking pretty. So thank you for that. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that story. I, that's cool. I, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I come across a lot of people, so it's hard to remember each no. one, each Sonic I come across. No, but I well, have I've number one. You. I, <laughs> I've heard you got a real good memory, though, Gary. You got a, from what I've heard, a photographic memory. Can you Ooh. can you attest to that or? Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, as I'm getting older, I'm losing a little bit of it, but mm -hmm. at the same time, I'm <laughs> I'm pretty good at remembering things. And, yeah, I think so. Uh, Paul was telling me this. I think we were at D-Glow a couple of years ago. <laughs> I had just talked with you and Jessica and Paul. We were by hole 18. I forget if it was after a practice round or a tournament round, whatever it was. But um, he was like, yeah, honestly, goodness, Garrick Earthy could probably tell you the day that you guys met. Like, he, <laughs> he just remembered those kind of things about people that you met. He's like, yeah, he told me the first time we ever met it. It's very impressive, though. I, I've, you know, I think that's super cool. If that, if that's how your mind works, then man, that's that's badass. <laughs> it, it's somewhat to that level, but not all the time. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, 
like seeing people in person really drives up the memories like uh for instance um brad hammock was caddying for paul ulibar and whenever i seen brad i was like bam remembered every single memory i remembered about brad hammock so that's what i mean by like mm -hmm. it's kind of spotty mm -hmm. but at the same time whenever i whenever i see cam todd it's like man i remember every shot he threw at the 2001 worlds when he won start to finish Dang, yeah i was there i caddied for him like i remember all the shots i remember scott stokely throwing this big massive stretching sidearm i'm like who is this monster you know <laughs> like i remember all that good stuff so nice that's like cool. i said it's a little spotty but yeah paul's, yeah. paul's on yeah that's pretty sweet <laughs> so we've talked about a bunch of stuff but we are gonna I'm don't open the phone lines till I say the question because people were already calling last time. We just threw the number up. So we have people in the show. I hope you're ready. This is the time I'm going to ask the question. Actually, Gary, do you want to ask the question? The, the, the trivia that we came up, you have it. You can say, you know, for yourself. And then yeah. as soon as he says it, Ben, we're going to throw up the number. All right, here we go. Go ahead. Uh, go so, ahead. Gary. Yep. Uh, so at what age did Double G start throwing over 400 feet? All right, let's open up the phone lines. The first person to call in and get that correct. We will drop you if you're wrong, unfortunately. We'll drop. So, Ben, you got to get ready to answer quickly here, okay? And then you're going to have to unmute the call. You know. You know the drill. All right, he's going to he's gonna try to use Thank his fingers really Thanks, fast. Ben. <laughs> All right, first call is coming in. We're going to answer it. And unmuted, here we go. Welcome to the Nick and Matt Show. First caller, what is the answer to the question Double G just asked? I'm going to say 16. Okay, 16 is not correct, but a good guess. Thanks for calling in. Is that Kent? This is Kent. Good try, Kent. <laughs> Trying again later. All right, we'll let you go. Next caller, Thanks, let's line Kent. him up. So 16, is that a, oh, we have another caller. Let's, let's let them in. All right. Welcome to the Nick and Matt show. What's your answer? My answer is 13. 13 is not correct. Good guess. All right. We're going to drop you. Uh, thanks for calling in. Hey, is that pretty close? I mean, where are we at? Like how, how long until oh, no, you were throwing give it away. 700? Don't give it away. No, no. Okay. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> All right. I can't give any. We got another caller no, lined no, no, up. No, no. Talk about it after. Another caller lined up. Here we go. Come on. All right, let's say welcome it, it, to the Nick and Matt again. Show. I'm going to go with 14. Okay, 14 is not correct. Good guess, Kent. You're going to have to try to make it in again. Here we go. Let's bring in the next caller that makes it in. Uh, we have a lot of missed calls because we can only take one at a time, Garrett. Um, how long until that's, you were throwing set? Okay, here we I keep trying to get that question out. <laughs> welcome, to <the> Nick <laughs> welcome to the Nick and Matt Show. Four What's your answer? You're on the Nick and Matt show. Welcome. What's your answer? All right. We're going to have to drop them because they're not answering. Uh, let's do it again. They're camera shy. All right. We got another call coming in. All right. Welcome to the Nick and Matt show. What's your answer? 11. 11. Okay. And is this Jeremy Whitaker? This is Daniel in Texas, baby. Oh, Daniel. Okay. Daniel in Texas. What's oh, going on, Daniel? Daniel, you're not correct. You're not correct. You said 11, right? Yes, sir. Okay, you're not correct, but the reason I thought you were a guy up here is because a guy up here is from Texas. So thank you for the accent. You're not correct with 11. We're still going <laughs> to fish. We're going to still fish. Drop that call. Let's get another one in here. Thanks, Daniel. Welcome to the Nick. Oh, no. I see now I'm just saying welcome. We don't even have a call yeah. lined up. <laughs> All right, next call. He's a robot. Yeah. Yeah, right. All right, welcome to the Nick and Matt show. What do you got for an answer? 
Twelve. Twelve is the correct answer. So stay here. Stay here. Garrett's clapping for you. Um, why did you guess twelve? Because that's the only number left. And what's your name? Ryan Hunt, assistant caller. Okay, Ryan Hunt. Um, is this your first time calling into the Nick and Matt show? No, no, no. I said consistent caller. Oh, consistent, consistent caller. caller. Yeah. Well, thank you for calling in. Um, have you ever had Double G Craft Jerky? I've had every flavor. I asked for it for my birthday two years ago. Also, um, has Garrett Gerthy thrown the Lucky 8 Sonic that I gave him? Did you hear that, yes, Garrett? Yes, I have. Okay. All right. It's one of my backups for sure. Nice. All right. Uh, it's one of your backups. So, Ryan, um, you're going to have to con – can you contact us through Instagram or Facebook? Is that, is that capable for you? Ryan, yeah, can you reach yes, out and sir. give us – Okay, reach out and give us your information, and we'll pass it along. We'll make sure you get the flavors you want. Thank you for calling in, Ryan. Good night. All right, you too. Bye. Peace. Thank you, Ryan. All right, so that's pretty cool. I don't know how we'll handle that in the future. That was a lot of calls coming in. Yeah. Um, Garrett, 12 years old, you <laughs> threw over 400 feet. Did that just blow people's minds? And did it, did it impress yourself? Uh, I worked really hard at it. Uh, I was getting tired of throwing my sidearm, so I really wanted to uh, work on the backhand. When all the pros came through, Back in the day for the Triple Crown, everyone had the solid backhand where I was a kid just caddying and watching even Tumas Ekstrom. He came through touring back in the day in the 90s, and I got to see him play my home course, and uh, that was pretty neat. So, um, sorry. Um, Y'all still hear me? Yep. Yes, we can yep. still hear you. Okay. Um. So they inspired me to start throwing the backhand. And after uh, watching the pros come through town, all I did was find my open field at Northside Park and stretch my distance and start learning the Anheuser line and learn how to get the, the disc to fly into the S and flex out. So uh, there was a big learning curve, but I didn't stop till I got there. And whenever I was 11, I was kind of just like, man, I think if I could I'll, I can be like the world's furthest thrower and, you know I was 12 and I got I broke 400 and uh, I remember at the junior worlds in Miami when Greg Barsby and Miles Harding and Matt Orham was my competition for my junior worlds uh, you know the California boys were coming into town and I already knew Matt Orham um, and I knew if I could beat these guys in the distance competition, it didn't matter if they beat me in the competition mm -hmm. as far yeah. as the junior worlds goes. So Greg Barsby ended up getting me, I think, but I still threw my furthest at 419 feet that day. Dang. So uh, that was a big props for me and uh, my, my biggest achievement as a junior, I think. Nice. Wow. That's incredible. Uh, throwing far has never been a strong suit of mine, and I won't speak for Nick. I'll let him speak for himself. It hasn't been a mine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure it out one day, Garrett, yeah. when we grow up. We want to yeah. be like you. But the jerky's great. Uh, fantastic tonight having you on. You've traveled all day. We're going to let you go. Um, is there anything we missed before we let you go you wanted to say or no? We're good. I mean, I just want to thank all my sponsors for making it capable for me 
to be on the road. Uh, if I forget someone, I apologize, <laughs> but I'm going to start off with Innova Champion Disc, uh, the Innova Pro Shop, Infinite Disc, UNFI, which is United Natural Foods Incorporated. They're doing big things for me this year. They also hooked me up with the Turnup Truck sponsorship in Nashville, where I got to go on a shopping spree. Um, I got to go through the whole store and pick whatever I wanted for the week. You know, I wasn't greedy. We just got what we needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have our uh, fridge in our camper trailer yet, but that's going to happen in Jonesboro. But after that, United Natural Foods Incorporated is going to hook Double G up with some food while I'm on the road so I can cook on that RT340. Mm, and shout out to them uh, for this weekend for Georgia. They're putting us up on the Rec Tech property. We get to plug in. We get to enjoy some nice barbecue with Greg, Rec Tech Greg, the chef. So uh, th- thank you, Chef Greg, for hooking us up with the Rec Tech property this weekend. I'll get to the rest of the sponsors. Uh, Chase and Ace's Disc Golf Apparel, uh, Tree Love Disc Golf, um, T-Box Socks, Heiser Bomb, Disc Dot, USA, DiscDying.com, Endzone Disc Golf. Uh, they're, they're racking up, so I appreciate each and every one for making the dream possible. Nick, you know it's a grind, so mm-hmm. having people on the back um, – is really supportive and goes a long way in the sport. So whenever I'm out there, I always try to display a positive attitude no matter what's going on because it could be worse. We could have the nine to five mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, we're keeping the dream alive for everyone else. And we're seeing all these young bucks come into the sport just like we were back in the day. So it's exciting to see the growth. Absolutely. <laughs> Fantastic. Killing it, man. Appreciate you. Appreciate you very much. And we're going to keep enjoying your jerky every week. And uh, we'll keep <laughs> shouting it from the rooftop. So thanks for coming on, Garrett. We'll talk to you another time. Thanks, Nick and Matt. Ben, out, thank brother. you very much. All right. Take peace out. All right, everybody. I would say that it was really fun. I mean, some of the, the questions yeah. there, some of the insights there, a lot of things. I mean, this show has been packed with interviews. Packed. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, t- I'm going to have to decompress and listen to this all over again to figure out. Yeah, like, I know, right? There's a lot going on. In fact, Nick, yeah. even in the background That's of what? the studio, there's a lot going on. We're missing yeah, Evan it's... tonight, but guess what? Mm-hmm. Ben, let's su- ben. surprise everybody. Surprise everybody. Boom. Welcome to the show. <laughs> hey, when did Josh get there? <laughs> our fourth. Our fourth. We need, a, we need his mic. Okay, I think I turned uh, it on. Here I am. Oh, there he is. So, everybody, if you're listening in the audio, we just revealed my brother Josh in the house, in the studio. And uh was nice. a surprise. He said he was in the area. I said, swing in. Evan's not here. He can keep his seat warm. So Nice. Very cool. Well, good to see you, Josh. Yeah, you too. As always, fun to be on the yeah. show. I'm always up for talking disc golf. You know it. But uh, yeah. I did not catch all the prior interviews, which means I'll be consuming the audio. As soon as Matt pushes it out. I mean, everything from oh, Stacy and Heather yeah. to now Garrett. So uh, it's, it's been a while since we've had three guests on, you know, like yeah. three separate interviews. Wow. It's, it's been a while since it's, we've done that. So it's its own. Matt, I love the new program that we're using, though. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I love the new program. Everything seems smoother on my end, which I don't have to do much except for sit here and talk. But like, dude, <laughs> dude, not going to lie, like transitioning before, like when, when we were bringing a new Skype person. It was like, oh, my whole screen just froze and it went blurry for a second. And then, anyways, 
Kudos yeah. to you and Ben. We, we're working hard over here. We're going to keep trying to take oh, yeah. it to the next level. And your microphone oh, yeah. sounds much better, too. Um, so Josh is in studio, and I think it's perfect time to get into our Discura. Ben, give us the give us the intro. Dude, this is a Discura discussion. Okay, Discura discussion. Uh, first of all, it's going to be in relation to the Collegiate Disc Golf Championships, but let me kind of mm-hmm. tee it up. I'll pass it to Josh and Nick to talk about. First of all, congratulations to the Missouri Tigers. Both the men and the women's teams takes down the 2022 college uh, collegiate disc golf championships. The weather looked interesting. And by interesting, I mean, I think it threw a little bit of everything at them from maybe sleet, hail, snow, rain, wind, uh, but they did it. So let me cue up this conversation point because Nick, me, Ben, Evan, we're always texting in a group chat during the week and something interesting came up. There's a college out there or a university, I'm not sure, Ferris State, okay? Ferris State was competing. They made it through three of four rounds. And after the third round, another team reached out to the tournament director of the collegiate championships and said, hey, is a player on Ferris State eligible to play? And the TD reached out to the PDGA and said, can you look into this? And the PDGA looked into it and said, this is the results of our information and the collegiate tournament director said i'll get it all out he said okay based off that information the player is not eligible to play and at that point the decision was made to disqualify ferris state ferris state the whole team yeah the whole team ferris state and they not that it fully matters when rules you know aren't being met but they were pretty close they were in contention like they were one back exactly So let me kind of cue up where the conversation goes with this, because there was a lot I learned about this and just bear with me because I didn't know actually any of this until today. Um, There's something called, we talk about what makes a professional and Nick, we've had this conversation, Josh, we've had this conversation. What makes a professional? And is it just me? Because my classification as a PDJ player is professional and I am not a professional i have cashed and i've placed well at one pro tour event i mean pro event not pro tour but i am not a (laughs) professional in my opinion according to the classification i am but what i found interesting is the pdga actually has a classification that i didn't know about and it's called premier player okay or premier pro sorry premier pro it used to be called touring pro but that wasn't accurate because now there's lots of great players who are not touring so they made a, a, a group called Premier Pro. And how you become a Premier Pro is detailed by the PDGA. I did not know this again until today. And it says that if you win a world champion, you're a Premier Pro. That makes sense, right? You've won a world championship. Yeah. United States champions, same thing. Uh, champions of any majors, for instance, same thing. Elite Series, Euro Tour, A-tier winners in both the MPO and FPO, you would be a Premier Pro. Player rating of a thousand. Let me see what this was. This was 2021's criteria. Player rating of a thousand plus for men or 930 plus for women um, would make you a premier pro and or cash one. So Nick, for instance, I'm just going to set the stage. You're a thousand rated player as of this year during February's updated ratings, and you've earned cash over a thousand dollars. Correct? I mean five thousand dollars. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So this year or going into next year, they'll say 2022, Nick was a premier pro. That's what they're going to say. Now, here's where this whole, I had to set that all up because the National Collegiate Championships rules, if you go to their website right now, says that based off of Nick being classified as a premier pro, he cannot compete on a collegiate team. And here's the deal. This is also an addition to that. 
he cannot do it for five years at the last point of his Premier Pro status. So let's say next year he's not, he would have to still wait five years before he could compete on a college team. That was the rule that was broken. This individual was a Premier Pro technically classified in 2018. Mm -hmm. And 2022, if you do the math, that's four years. Now, I'm going to give you the full story. The assumption is that they assumed that his pro status, his premier pro status ended in 2018 and that he was eligible. Who do we, this is where the conversation goes, Josh and Nick. Rules were broken. Did the PDGA, did the tournament director do the right thing in disqualifying them? And second, and second, when it comes to this premier pro status, who, who does that fall on to like verify? Does that fall on to the tournament yeah. director to verify that every player is meeting the rules and the guidelines? Or does that fall on the team and the players? Uh, those are the two conversations I'd like to queue up, and maybe there's more. But Josh or Nick, uh, I'll kind of. I think it's kind of funny because the last two weeks, man, we've been talking about rules over and over and over. It feels like, and I've, I mean, both discure discussions so far have been about rules. Um, when it comes to to the PDGA or the collegiate disc golf, I don't know who technically disqualified them. I'm assuming the college disc golf association. Or yeah, the tournament director. Really the tournament director. Yeah, the tournament director. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, unfortunately, I think he did make the right decision. Um, it sucks that the whole team had to get disqualified, but they are playing a team event for that specific. I know they're singles, but there also is the team event in college disc golf. So in that regards, I think it was the right decision. Sucks for the rest of the players. I don't think any of them did this out of a malicious way of like, Hey man, we want this player to play because we know he's really good and we're trying to cheat. I don't think that was it whatsoever. Um, but the rules are there. Um, I do think it is up to the team to literally read every single bylaw that comes into play when it's like, is my player eligible or not? I think especially if you have somewhat of a sticky situation in the sense of he was a premier pro before, let's actually really make sure that he's still not a premier pro. Excuse me, I can't speak. Um, but I also think it's up to the college organization to uh, background check all these things. I mean. If you're trying to run a prestigious event in the college disc golf world and run this massive big deal that the PDGA really does make a big deal out of, it's got to be, you know, prestigious and it's got to be ran, you know, tight knit. It's got to have these kind of things shouldn't happen at this event. You know, if a player is cheating on their scorecard, bam, disqualify them. That, those things are going to happen because of humans. But when it comes to a team getting disqualified because of one player being ineligible, I feel like that should have been really checked out by the school who he plays for and by the college disc golf association before this event even happened. I mean, how, how soon in advance do these players have to sign up for this event or do these schools have to sign up for this event? I'm sure it's something that could have been done. Uh, the PDGA though, I think if the college disc golf association is really running it, I think that they're kind of, you know, on the back burner and they just want to sponsor the event, support it in any way they can. But I don't think them I don't know, checking every single player is their place. Well, maybe, maybe it is though. Well, that's, that's kind of what I want to open this up. So I'm going to pass it over to Josh. Yeah. We, I think he's going to bring some opinion. He wasn't really prepped on this, but I'm seeing the chat come in and give their opinions. Josh, is this on the player and the team? Is this on the TD? And, and maybe this situation is standalone and it should change going forward. Like, what are your opinions on like rules like this? Yeah, so you're right. I'm not fully prepped, but I do have an opinion. Great. <laughs> so 
first of all, make an obvious statement, but I think it's worth acknowledging that sometimes situations just plain old suck, and this is kind of one of them. So sometimes that happens, meaning you can try to implement policies to cover everything, but that's just obnoxious, right? So mm-hmm. that, that can happen. However, I think it is the responsibility of the player and then roll that up to, let's say, the team, because I'm not quite sure how they form teams. And you can say the college. Some colleges have coaches, whatever, right? But the player and the team needs to know. Now, do I think every single team is probably spending time checking? Probably not. But guess what? It sounds like this team already was aware enough to wait five years since 2018. Yes, I can actually give you information (laughs) on that real quick. The information that we were provided at the Nick and Matt show from somebody on the team, as far as I understand, said that, and you're right, I'm glad you brought that up. You're right, because they said, we thought, we thought that his player status ended in 2017 because he decided to more or less quit in 2018. So they didn't think it was going to carry into 2018 because that was the year he stopped playing. But there's more to the rules there. But like, that's generally right. So yeah, they could have verified that. Yeah. So. So, right. So they were aware of the potential sensitivity. Now, I don't know enough about them. So this is complete conjecture from the little I know. It doesn't sound like they were trying to like do it too early, but here's the point. Like you were trying to do it as early as you could. Right. Do do, do you know what I mean? Like they were literally like, okay, five years is up and we have this awesome player because apparently he was good enough to be rated over a thousand and win $5,000 or whatever it was in that year. Right. So like, he's a good player. Um, and so there's also, by the way, nothing wrong with him trying to get him on the college team. That's fine. But eligibility matters. Uh, in all things NCAA, eligibility is a huge conversation. And I know this isn't NCAA, but the point is, is like eligibility is not a new thing. We don't deal with that a lot in disc golf tournaments, but these college teams know about eligibility. I have heard conversations about other players that some of you might recognize. They're like, hey, can this player play for Liberty? Can this player play for here? Right. So it's not like this is not for many of us here. This is a new concept because we're not in the scene. If you're in the scene, you're constantly thinking about eligibility. Right. Why aren't you trying to get uh, some top pro to play for your team? Because they're not eligible. Right. Like so eligibility itself is not a new topic. So it's got to be their responsibility. But, you know, Nick, you said, should the, the staff like vet everything? Uh, this is one of these situations where I say it kind of sucks because I don't know, like, here, here's the irony. They did vet it, but, <laughs> but too late, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so here's my yeah. point is like, are yeah. we really expecting them to, to look at every single piece up front? Um, here's what I would say. It would be nice. And you know what? One day they probably will. And next year, they're probably going to check on it. So I think, I think it's reasonable to say I wish they had, but to say they should have would be a different uh, statement to yeah. make. Like, yeah. it's, it's not the same. I'll finish with this. But um, I ran along with my brother and others, but United States Juniors, Right. So we ran it as a premier event. We had people travel from around the country. I know age is a little different than pro eligibility because it's a little more simple. Right. But the truth is, we asked ourselves questions. Should we be vetting everybody? Early on, we actually asked. We asked for birth certificate copy submissions. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) And let me tell you, it created a big mess. Mm -hmm. Like, so, like, so my point is, is at some point you say, Nope, you tell me you're eligible. And if at any point I have an indication that you're not, then I will immediately disqualify you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's really no, the point. That. It's like, I think- you come in and tell me you're eligible. You signed up. You're telling me you're eligible. Don't cry later when I disqualify yeah. you when I find information out. 
Yeah. The I only thing I'll think... add to this, Nick, and it came mm -hmm. into the message to you, and I'll let you respond to it because it was a message to you. I'll just throw it out there. They said that, and this is, I think this is accurate. This information was not public. Now, it's still, I still think the onus is on the player, but the information of when Premier Pro status ended for this player was not public. It was not, like the 2018 list was not public on the PDGA. So they could have requested it and reached out and tried to get it. And I think it's important that they would have, but Nick, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, that, that's tough because I think with a lot of organizations, even though it wasn't public, I think a lot of places would still have a hard time saying like, oh, just because we messed up, yeah. now your team gets to play. Like the PDGA right. takes that and it's like, well, sorry, but the rule is still a rule. So you're gone. You know, I, I, I don't think it would have changed anything. Mm -hmm. um, it would have changed Ferris State. Don't get me wrong. Ferris State, it would have changed them allowing this player to play. But the, I don't think the PDGA, and I don't want to say take accountability for that. Uh, I think that's a little bit too harsh of a way of saying it, but I don't think that they would have, you know, changed their mind and said, Oh, you caught us on one of our mistakes. Bam. <laughs> you guys are good to go. Like you're, you're down to play. I think it's like, um, you know, one of the, one of the issues happening here at worlds right now is dogs aren't allowed on the disc golf course, especially during this week, especially practice rounds. A lot of touring players have dogs and the email didn't specifically say, you know, when does that start? Um, stuff like that. But it's a rule now. The PDGA isn't saying, oh, well, you caught us. The email didn't completely explain it perfectly, so dogs are okay. Like, no, they're enforcing the rule that dogs are not allowed on the course during practice rounds or tournament rounds. Um, I think the only reason that I'm saying that college disc golf should be vetting people is because this issue happened. <laughs> well, going um, forward, To maybe. be honest. <laughs> yeah. But I, I completely agree with Josh's point that, like, the school should have done everything and anything. And maybe they did. I'm not saying they didn't. But every school should be doing everything and anything that they can do to make sure, let this be a lesson to everyone, that your players are eligible to play. Now, do I think the rules need to change a little bit? Yeah, potentially. I mean, if I play disc golf on the weekends and I'm a pretty good local player, but I'm a college student and I'm not going out on the road, maybe you know, stuff like that. I, I don't know. It, yeah. So there's a ton of, there's a ton of things that I think could potentially change about it. Right. But right now the rules rule. Uh, it, it really does suck what happened. I, f I felt bad when I was reading the message from the kid. Cause I actually <laughs> saw things like this happening on Twitter. And then I, I saw him a message folder on Instagram, uh, this, you know, big long list. And I was like, hmm. yeah, that sucks. And especially eh, what's curious to me is how this other team actually knew this kid was an, <laughs> ineligible well I mean, that's nick, like, in that's all like seriousness some investigation crap, yeah it, you know? there is possibly yeah. there is possible they were saying in, inquiry and because here's the reality i mentioned the premier pro and i want to kind of take this down a different conversation because I, I i think that's a situation that happened that's a foundation for other topics and what i'd like to lead it to but i would say that that happened because nick if you were on a team if you were on a college team with the exposure that you've had and the experience and level of professionalism you've demonstrated in the sport, guaranteed somebody's going to inquire about if you're eligible. Guaranteed, even yeah. if they don't know, even if they don't know. And so I think that's probably what happened. I don't think there was ill intent. It was like, yeah. hey, the rules might be be broken broken here. You know? No, I get it. Okay. Yeah, I like Nick, it. if you try to play for uh, Liberty University in five years. Yeah. No, but like honestly, they they would make sure that I'm eligible no, like no, the, the other teams. Yeah. yeah, and here's the point. Yeah. This is kind of my point. Guess what you would do? You you were a pro, you would be the first person to know I was a pro in the past. I wonder mm -hmm. if I should make sure I'm actually eligible 
Um, mm-hmm. But to be clear, I don't actually think anybody was trying to cheat. I think it could mm-hmm. be a nuanced thing where he yep. qualified to be a Premier Pro in 2017, maybe did not renew in 2018, but defaulted onto the list. It wasn't published, right? This is why I started mm-hmm. out saying it, it probably is a situation that sucks because I'm not sure anybody did it on purpose. But can I say one more thing because I've been a TD? We keep saying mm-hmm. it sucks for the player, and it does. But you know who else it really, really sucks for? It sucks for the TD. I just want to yeah. say that. No TD wants to disqualify somebody, I promise you. Like, they, like it is not fun in the slightest. I never had to disqualify somebody. Um, I did have to, like, assess penalties and argue rules, and even that sucks. Kicking somebody out, especially when there's a team involved, has to be the worst decision. So Ooh, yeah. I don't think anybody, anybody made out here. You could technically say Missouri made out. Um, Ferris State, by the way, is like a perennial powerhouse in disc golf, strangely enough. Mm-hmm. So, like, they likely could have come away with the win. But I guess it is what it is. All right. So let me just take it down this road. We're real. We're close. We've done two hours, but I want to bring it down this road because this was also a part of our conversation in the group text was how we define a pro. Nick, this, in my opinion, this new information about yeah. Premier Pro, in we're my opinion, two hours if we nope, open up this nope, door, because I'm, I'm locking this to a five minute you, conversation. Were you aware of the Premier Pro status? You didn't even know you were a Premier Pro. No. No. Okay, so here's my point. I was. Okay, Josh knew. But with that premier status in mind, in my opinion, and we can keep it short, with that premier yeah. status in mind, I believe that is much more credible. There's criteria that has to be mm-hmm. met to be included on the list. And Nick, you're one of 200 and what, 97, yeah. 87 that are considered premier pros. I like 221. I could be totally wrong. So, But um, here's the I thing. Actually, you're, you're one yeah. of those players, and I would say that sounds more accurate than just like mm-hmm. my classification as pro. So I like that. Yeah. So Agreed. do you, okay. With um, that new information though, do you buy into that? Like that's actually a good quality. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think there should be a difference. Like, yeah. You know, you can, you could almost label it like a lot of people label great golfers as like scratch golfers, you know, players who are great golfers, especially in the local area. They're your local pro. Most areas that I go to right now, I'm a, I'm a thousand five rated. I'm a pretty good player. I win local tournaments a decent amount of the time. Um, like I'm considered a better player. I fortunately get to go out on the road every so often. I sometimes do well. I've had great rounds before on the road. Um, I've finished pretty well at some events. You know, 43rd at Worlds last year was a pretty big one. If that's what the categories say, then yeah, I, I like being labeled in a sense as a premier pro. And not just because I personally like that label, but I like <laughs> how that labels certain people, you know, thousand rated and above. I think is kind of something that we've always said. If you're a thousand rated in your local area, you're a great player almost anywhere you go. I've played tournaments blind where one of my goals is literally to shoot 10, 10 or above to know that even if I've never played a course before, I can still shoot above my rating. And that's, that's one of my big goals actually when I do, if I do have to play a tournament blind. Um, should should so yeah, premier I, pros be limited and where they can compete. And I get I get that's a big conversation. Maybe we leave that for another show. But but generally speaking, if only if, in the collegiate aspect. Okay, good. They should and never be is, like okay. if, if there's a professional tournament with cash involved, whether it's a C tier, X tier, or a major, uh any a premier pro should be allowed to play it. Okay. And I guess I was gonna go down this route of even talking about amateur divisions. And when it comes down to premier pro, should we limit them from playing in any amateur division? They cannot sign up for a C tier and play in AM one. And now the reason I'm asking is I think that's currently the case. Um, but I feel like if a pro wants to go and play in AM, they have nothing to prove there. 
And if they win, it's just going to look bad on them. And they're not going to gain any cash, any notoriety, nothing out of it except for negativity. Like, I feel like pros, like I'm classified as a pro. And technically, I think it's going to be hard for me to sign up in certain divisions. I know there's ratings and cash on it. But I'm saying like, I, I don't know. Any thoughts on that, Josh? Where should pros be able to play? Should it be limited only in collegiate? Like, what are we talking about? Uh, well, so to me, the classification, and this is why it needs to be clarified more, is I view pros as what we're now defining as premier pros. Like, you, you want to talk to me about professional disc golf? I'm not talking about Joe Schmo me. who lives down the block. I'm classified as a yeah, pro. Like, that is never <laughs> in my conversation, even though I understand the PDJ allows it. People like to laugh and say, I want to become a pro. It's a click of a button and a couple dollars. But that's never, like, what I'm actually thinking. So to me, there's premier pro, and then there's, there's like, amateur that whole in-between, like, bucket is kind of weird to me. I don't really know, Matt. I, I'll tell you my just gut is I don't like pros playing an amp. So, but am I a pro? Um, I, I'm classified as a pro. Yeah, and so I'm saying I, where's so the So I line? would ask you, why did you want to classify I as a pro? I didn't want to. I took cash at an event because I played well enough. Oh, okay. So you, you wanted the cash. Yes, so I you wanted did the want, cash. So you did want to be pro. So taking cash is what I'm asking. But you, but you like, I'm, I'm pushing you, but, like, you, I was okay you, with the classification. You wanted to become pro so you could take that money. I was okay with the classification, but I would never consider myself a pro, and I don't know why the PDGA does. Yeah, It's no, based I, off of I, cash, so, and that's, yeah, the, that's so, the crazy Yeah, part. so I see it. And I do, so I guess what I'm saying is to play hardball, like right now I'd say, yeah, it, you're a pro and don't play AM. But what I would like to see is maybe an adjustment to allow you to maintain an AM status and get cash at certain And you teams. can. I can that's, request that. I can request that. Yeah. But that's what I would like, right, to say, like, Matt, you're an AM player at your local C tier. When you play well, can you take 150 bucks, please? Yes. Like take it right. Like that's mm -hmm. fine with me. Um, that's what I would like to see adjusted over time. But, mm -hmm. I, but I don't want an actual, like if you wanted to be a pro, even if you're only playing regional and you're like, no, I want to be a pro status. I'm saying, don't ever play an AM event. Then like you made your decision, go play pro. That's kind of yeah. what I wish C tiers were unsanctioned. Mm, that's true. That's like, true. Unsanctioned. Do whatever you want. Yeah, I just feel exactly. like because none, I, I just feel like because money's not involved in an AM event, like actual, I, I know money's involved, but I mean cash yeah. payout. Yeah. I don't really care who wins. That's kind of my point. That it's an amateur open. Like I know we call it amateur, and there needs to be a level to that, but I don't really care who wins that. In fact, I think there are a lot of way more pro than me winning AM events right now in the amateur division. I know up where we are. You'll have near a thousand rated AMs winning, but they're not really AMs. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so it's kind of a weird thing. Yeah. So, all right. Well, we've, I think we've made it. Josh, do you have any closing we've, thoughts or, oh, or anything yeah, else? Like, we got another show to record yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. No, I'll let you have your <laughs> yeah. show back. Thank you for letting me crash. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, do feel course. left out of this group text you keep talking about, but that's all right. <laughs> we have our own group. Throw, I know. Matt, throw um, a minute. Yeah. No, no. Josh and I, no, we do I'm a show on the Disc Golf Network. Shout out to the Disc Golf Network. Uh, mm -hmm. Josh and I do a show with Jamie Thomas called League Night. It is another live show. If two hours is too much for you, <laughs> that show is sometimes less than 30 minutes, and it is more sports uh, TV related in how we present our takes and how we review them and some of the, the segments that we do. So check it out. It streams live tomorrow. Yeah, Josh is wearing DGN. Streams live tomorrow at 7 p.m. on Disc Golf Pro Tour YouTube, as well as DGN subscribers. Extra content coming for them. Ben, do you have anything that we missed tonight? Throw up your beautiful... Uh, oh, man, it's so cool. Ben, tell us, uh, what did we miss? Anything? Nope, you hit everything possible in Disc Golf World. <laughs> nice. Well, I wanted to uh, shout out, just while Matt's doing shout outs, the Discare Discussion 
you know, by Jira. If you like these bar stamp hats or bar stamp sweatshirts, I forgot to hold my mic right here. <laughs> On the back of it is my Dark Knight logo. That's as far as I'm going to get right now because my back is tight. But um, you, you need can some uh, Hemfield. Yeah, you can go to DiscuraDG.com and pick up any sweet disc golf apparel on there. Or there's actually a couple more of my fundraiser discs. And yeah, so go check them out, DiscuraDG.com for all your apparel and, um, needs. While we're doing shout outs, we are not sponsored by Haribo Twins. Okay, Snakes. put it down then. <laughs> yeah, okay, no. But anybody else love the sour gummies? Man, that is we can't, my favorite. We can't man. tell Gary Gurthy that he's the premier snack and then all of a sudden put up that <laughs> junk that you just put on the screen. Oh, Sour Patch is good, though. <laughs> but I hate I'm going to end it here. <laughs> All right, Nick, we've made it to the yeah. end of the show. People are like, hey, uh, don't go. Yeah. One last time, everybody. I want to hit it on a little serious note. Mental illness is something very hard to deal with. Um, please, this week, tell someone you love them. Thanks for tuning in this week, guys. We really appreciate every single one of you. Please reach out if any of you guys ever need anything. Matt, myself, Ben, Evan. We'll do the best we can to help you out or put you in the right direction that where you guys need help. That's right. And I will say, even to the trolls and the haters out there, you are worth it to us as well. We like you. We value you because it drives us on. Everybody, we appreciate you. Ben, you're awesome. Josh, you're awesome. Nick, you're awesome. Peace out, everybody. The Nick and Matt Show, a disc golf podcast designed for you, the disc golfer. Find the Nick and Matt Show on your favorite podcast platforms or join the conversation live on YouTube.